You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Anytime you're up from under, not getting hassled, not getting hustled, keeping your head above water. Oh, I was trying to figure out what that was. <laughs> Jesus, I've never you, heard that part of the said song. Good times. I never watched that show. Wow, we didn't get it. You're too white. No, it, it wasn't show, on. They didn't show Good Times in Beeville. They weren't. It was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the local affiliate, but I mean, it was all Three's Company and. Really? Uh, what was the? It was like a Gilligan's Island. It's nothing but white shows. A bunch I think. of white shows. Mm-hmm, basically, honky ass Beeville. I bet you had some Green Acres watching motherfuckers there in Beeville. Oh, man, I hated that. Man, TV was bad some back Dukes then. Dukes of Hazard. No, even I saw through that. Yeah, I'm not a, not a fan of Dukes of Hazard. You weren't a fan? No. I used to be the biggest fan of Dukes of Hazzard like when I was a kid. Every episode was the same. Like, they were using the same uh-huh. footage of the car jumping over the river uh, yeah. over and over again. Yeah. So it's like I've seen it once. It has nothing for me. <laughs> and I was hadn't gone through puberty yet, so Daisy Duke wasn't doing anything for me. Yeah. Bo Duke, a little but bit. Bo Duke Felt was. a little bit of tingling <laughs> down below. <laughs> Look at his chest. It's so hairy. <laughs> I love John Schneider. Uh, uh, there we about, go. We're right back on gay talk were again, you ever? We? Were you ever a, uh, a Knight Rider guy? Oh, dude, are you kidding? Oh, fuck yeah, man. That's can my you, wheelhouse. Can you tell me what that show was about? It was a love story between a man and his car. But seriously, what was Knight Rider about? Voiced by Mr. Finney. What do you mean, what was it about? What was it about? I want you to give me a summary of what Knight Rider was about. He solved crimes. It was like any other... For who? For whoever. He was a gun for hire, was he? Was he a gun for hire? I don't know. I always thought he was kind of like a cop. But that's why I'm asking you. It was like... you're like, that was in my wheelhouse. But yeah, because it was like a talking car. It was technology and a little bit of fantasy, but still like a a cop drama where there was some ass kicking and some chest hair. It keeps coming back to the chest hair for me, isn't it? (laughs) We're learning a lot about it. That's how impressionable it was. My youth. My youth. These you two like Utes. You like, you like the... Not right. It was the, great. The talking cars, because you're yeah. a big Transformers fan, too. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what? You want to talk about a traumatic memory. I remember there was an episode. It was like a cliffhanger of Knight Rider on season Kit versus car. two or three. Yeah, do you remember that? Uh-huh. And at the end of one of the episodes, like Kit is being disintegrated, disintegrated. in like a vat of, 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 uh, of yes. acid. And that's when they and brought you see in like the, light. the new Kit. And then it just... And that was the last. Uh-huh. I remember I was I was quite traumatized. Yeah. Emotionally. Uh, touched, but it seems like you you got through unscathed. No, for the most no, part. I don't think so. I no. still to this day. <laughs> I still, I still, <laughs> I still, I still black out and wake up in a in a in a, a puddle of cum next to my car. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Did did you did you like when you got in your recent accident? You got in a recent accident. Oh, I did. Yes. Yeah. Did you? Were you like? <laughs> were you like cradling the front of your car? Kit, speak to me, Kit. No. You know what? I uh, oddly enough didn't really have that much of an attachment to that. You know what it is? I never named it. I realized. Yeah. I've since named and christened the new uh, the new automobile. What's it called? Automobile. Um. So <laughs> this sounds so gay. So uh, the, the color. <laughs> once again, sorry, Jeff. The color is called meteor. Why did he apologize gray? to you? Well, no, because I, I feel like <laughs> Jeff is trying to keep the gay I bashing to a minimum. I feel like Jeff a is minimum. a homosexual. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm a pussy. <laughs> He's oh all, of, all about that pwn tang. Um, where was I talking? Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah, the car. So the color is like meteor gray is what, it, what it's called. They can't call it gray. It's got to be like space gray or medium gray like my iPhone. And, like um, Christian gray. That's right. <laughs> Christian gray. <laughs> 
Christian Bale. <laughs> um, and uh, so I was going with like a space theme, and uh, I settled it's on space ghost. Settled on uh, Cassiopeia, uh, Cassie for short, because you know you're, you're much like the Millennium Falcon. The girl, the, the 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 vehicle is always a she. It's always feminine, right? Uh, Millennium Falcon isn't exactly the most feminine name. But yeah, but no, no. But, but I'm he always, he called, always it called it. Yeah. He's like, you hear me, girl? That's right. Keep hold together. Hold it together. Yeah, that's cool. Well, mm-hmm. speaking of Star Wars, thank you. We are recording this on May the fourth. <laughs> Those crazy Star Wars. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is uh, this is May the fourth. Obviously, our episodes go up on Tuesday, mm-hmm. so Cinco de Mayo. It'll also be Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> Han Cholo. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, and we thought um, we needed to play another audible. We need to call another audible mm-hmm. because we don't think ahead enough when it comes to these shows. Uh, and so like, I was very well planned. Excuse me. Stuff will happen. I had stuff, it. Stuff will happen. Yeah, after you posted, hey guys, we're gonna be talking about what what it was Willow. Willow. We, we were gonna, gonna talk about Willow. Willow, and it's like, uh, nope, never mind. I <laughs> should have just made a generic and say we were gonna do a Warwick Davis film, a George and I Lucas been covered. film. Oh, there you go. You could have been that. covered. Uh, but yeah, I I ended up writing Joel, and I'm like, hey, uh, this is coming out the day after May the fourth, uh, and we pride ourselves on being Star Wars nerds. Maybe we should talk about a Star Wars movie, to which you responded, and rightfully so. Uh, didn't we already talk about all those? <laughs> it's been a lot of Star Wars films, and we did the retrospectives. We did the retrospectives, but, but that was we kind of did a blanket like a while ago. We did the prequel trilogy as a blanket kind of thing. We mm-hmm. had Walton, and we talked about the movies, and then we had Jeff in, and we talked about the books. Right. But we never talked about the movies specifically. Yeah. We never went through them; just kind of you know picked it apart uh, as its own standalone film. And so, what we wanted to do is uh, go back and take a look at episode one, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, right here on the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. My name's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. It's uh, mostly bad movies, but sometimes they are undiscovered or underappreciated gems of cinema. <laughs> Whatever the case may be, we'll bring it here to our forum and talk about it with you, our listener, after we've taken a look at it and dissected it once again. And uh, like I said, again, we watched episode one, Ooh. The Phantom Menace, and... I got to tell you, this was a painful road to go back down. Did you watch it in its entirety? I, I tried watching it <laughs> last night and fell asleep probably 40 minutes into yep. the movie. Sounds about right. And In fact, Sarah was like, baby, are you asleep? And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> and so I ended up having to watch it again what? this morning when I was at work. Oh, my goodness. I, from the beginning, started See, all over again. For me, I'd seen this movie so many times. I thought I'd seen it a lot, but yeah. there was actually stuff that like I didn't remember really? or had blocked out. And um, was disco- rediscovering for the first time all over again. Right. I, and I, I skimmed through it because I was like, I just need a refresher course. It's been a few years since I've seen it. Jenna uh, was over, hadn't, had not had never seen it. Um, and so I was like, her. all right, I'll skim through it. I'll, you'll give you the Cliff Notes version, and you'll just get to see the highlights. You won't have to see any, any of the bad stuff, and I'll uh-huh. fill in what's in between. But this movie is impossible to watch that way, even looking for the highlights. Because you get to a good scene or you get to a, a moment where you're like, oh, okay, this had some promise, this had some potential, there's a nice little performance here. And it's immediately ruined with that, that same scene by something, you know, usually Jar Jar, or some embarrassing, uh, something Jake Lloyd says. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's I, I can't even watch it in highlight segments. It's like every 90 seconds I'm reaching for the remote control. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, 
Uh, poor Jenna. She she powered through, and then about halfway through, she was like, you need me to help do some laundry or dishes <laughs> or something? I'm like, all right, I got it. Message received. Well, and uh, and I, try, I tried, like I said, the first time tried watching it, or last night, rather, tried watching it with Sarah, and her sister was over, and there was no way. Like, none of us wanted to finish watching that movie. <laughs> oh, no. I just wanted to go to bed. Yeah. Uh, this movie, like, straight off the bat, uh, with the opening crawl, yeah. that's, like, filled with... Stuff about trade disputes and taxation mm-hmm. completely kills that like that fun fairy tale uh, aspect of the original Star Wars mm-hmm. trilogy, you know. And and you come into this and you couldn't wait. Like I remember that that night for the radio station, I had stood in line. We're talking Phantom Menace, now. yeah. For Phantom Menace, I stood in line for I think two days mm-hmm. for the radio station as like a stunt. Wow. And they ended up saying like, okay, we're, you're off the next, you're off tomorrow. You can watch this m- this movie when it comes out. Uh, but all we want is kind of some reactions. Right after the movie's done, come to the station, talk to the morning show a little bit, and then you can go home and go to bed. Don't worry about anything. Nice. And I was like, okay, cool. So we end up seeing this movie, and uh, and I think the story's kind of the same for every one of these prequel movies. <laughs> like, right after the movie was done, yep. I was all pumped. You're on and a like, high. All right, you know, mm-hmm. that's awesome. I want the next one to start immediately. I can't wait. But then the more time you're given to really mm-hmm. kind of process it and digest it, the more you're like, well, that was kind of bullshit. Yep. That was really bullshit. Like, that that kind of was bad. Until eventually you get to that point where, like, that movie sucked. <laughs> that was horrible. I vividly remember uh, seeing it with one of my old, uh, col- or not college, high school high school buddies. Grew up together. Uh, he, he drove up from, like, San Antonio. was living there. I got the tickets. Midnight showing. Immediately afterwards, we went to an IHOP because we needed to talk, talk about it. We were uh-huh. on that same high. And we were making excuses for it right off the bat. Yeah. Like, we we were blaming ourselves. We're like, maybe we don't understand it. Maybe we went in with different expectations. There were some cool moments, and, man, Jar Jar, I think he's going to grow on me. I think I'm that second or third oh my showing. God. I'm really going to start to uh, admire him and and uh, and uh, uh, find the, the little the little things about his personality that, that I can grasp onto. Those, the nuances <laughs> the, yeah. of his personality. <laughs> that's right. We'll, we'll dig a little bit deeper. That was such a huge, and it's 11 minutes into this movie when George Lucas puts the first stab into the heart of the Star Wars fan. What happens? When we meet Jar Jar Binks. Is that 11 minutes in? It's 11 minutes into the movie. Wow. And uh, and it's, upon further examination, what we needed there was a Chewbacca. And I think that's what George Lucas thought he was creating, mm. was a Chewbacca, but was a little bit more friendly. Mm-hmm. We didn't need a friendly Chewbacca. Chewbacca himself was friendly enough. We needed that silent, strong character, that the muscle. Sure. And we didn't get that with Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, quite the opposite. Yeah. It's He's gooey and mushy. It's horrible. And annoying. Uh, exactly. Uh, and so the um, the whole energy of this movie is way off. And now watching it again, like after many, many times, now looking at it with a truly analytical eye, mm-hmm. there's there's so many things that just that are wrong. They're just wrong. Right. Uh no, Joel, it's wrong. <laughs> so f- just to give a little bit of a summary, this movie's all about, like, you know, this trade federation sets up a blockade around Naboo, uh, and it's all kind of orchestrated in the background by Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And so the Jedi are dispatched to be diplomats or ambassadors or whatever to kind of uh, negotiate the, the the blockade. Like, hey, let's, let's get rid yeah. of this. They're attacked. They end up sneaking down to the planet. They sneak the the princess out, and on their way to the to the to Coruscant, they have to land at Tatooine. They don't have the resources to get all the way in. So then they like meet up with Anakin, who you know, spoiler alert, is Luke and Leia's father. Turns into Darth Vader. <laughs> uh, but this is the story. This was the whole the whole 
the whole reason for the prequel trilogy was to get the story of Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. A story that could have been told in just one three-hour right? film is instead split up along three yeah. movies. You know, they totally hobbited this movie. I was going to say, it's the Hobbit of the Star Wars Well, universe. The Hobbit is Peter Jackson's prequel, Star Wars prequel trilogy of his career. It literally is. It was the movies that did not need to be made. Uh, and so... They meet up with Anakin, and Anakin helps them get their stuff, and they end up freeing him in the process, and they bring him to Coruscant, and he's tested to be a Jedi. Nope, we're not going to train you. Oh, well, well, we're going to fucking train him anyway. And he, you know, there's a big fight with this Sith Lord, Darth Maul, that was on the face of the entire movie. Right? Like, on every bit of product that you saw for Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. it was Darth Maul's face, a character that was only in three scenes in the movie. Even when they re-released these movies again in 3D a few years back? Which... Just one. They only released one in 3D. Just the first one? Uh-huh. They haven't done the others They yet? never did the other ones. Probably because. They didn't make the, enough money. You know, and that makes sense because I was looking at that 3D poster thinking, who wants to revisit this? In theaters, pay more, see it in 3D. I, I didn't even want, it's for free at home on my Blu-ray. I didn't even right. want to watch it there. I went and saw the 3D presentation. Yeah, how was it? Uh, boring, except for the Padre <laughs> sequence. The Padre sequence, <laughs> okay. which I argued, be. I argued that you could have just released like the Star Wars experience in 3D. As like a cinematic experience, mm. and just did like you know the Death Star trench Take the run action scenes, and yeah, all those action scenes, Great. all those racing and like flying scenes. You should have released that in 3D as the Star Wars experience, not a boring ass movie filled with trade disputes and debates, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that's fucked up. Especially Episode One. If you're going to pick a Star Wars movie and give it the 3D treatment, this was not the one to do. Yeah, but you got to do it in order. And you know, we're giving a lot of shit for the you know the boring political uh, story behind it. I don't even I, I I don't place the blame there because if. Aaron Sorkin was writing this movie, he'd find a way to make that To make it a little more interesting. Because at, at, at the base of it, it's it's not a bad story. No, it's setting it, it up... Is, no, Joel, it is a bad story. It's okay. not a bad plot. That, that's what I meant. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How the Emperor is kind of playing everybody, all the sides against that's each other. That's a great idea. It is. Uh-huh. Yeah. And but the way it's executed... No, of course. It's so bad. Exactly. It's so bad. So there's the summary of the film. <laughs> For those of you who... <laughs> the, who the fuck is listening to this episode who hasn't, who hasn't seen, seen it? Your girlfriend... Well, yeah. No, no, who's listening to this podcast? Yeah, that's that's true. No, she'll listen. All right, so um, immediately, mm-hmm. I've got some questions. Right. I have got some things that bother me now about, well, they've probably always bothered me, but now I've been able to, to, to really vocalize it. Um, so the Jedi are dispatched in secret, right? Like, they've made a big deal that Chancellor, Grand Chancellor Valorum, while debating this issue in the Senate, Mm -hmm. which is all in the opening crawl, has dispatched two Jedi as ambassadors in secret to go negotiate the dispute. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're flying to the Trade Federation ship, and they're all open. Like, the, the Trade Federation guy, New Gunray, is like, we are happy to accept the Chancellor's ambassadors. Mm-hmm. Wait, I thought this was secret. <laughs> they didn't know so, they were Jedi, I So guess, he shouldn't... Point. Is that what it is? Don't they, don't, they don't specify that, though. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's just that they sent secret ambassadors. So I'm kind of understanding it as Chancellor Valorum was not supposed to send these people... To, to, to negotiate without the okay from the Senate, mm-hmm. which he did not have. But he dispatched these guys anyway, mm-hmm. which only elevated the tension as far as this, this military right. political situation, which makes me think that the whole vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum is actually quite founded. And, oh, sure, yeah. And, and well-deserved because he is useless He's absolutely useless. Yeah. And could you imagine? Could you imagine if we were stuck in debates with, like, say, with uh, South Korea? 
we're stuck in debates with South Korea. Okay. And we're trying to, to, to initiate peaceful debates, a peaceful resolution. We're doing it in the UN. And then Obama decides to send like <laughs> Rambo and fucking commando right. out to South Korea to try to, to, try to negotiate shit no. on the side. Could you imagine how fucking pissed off the global community would be. But see, that's why you do it in secret. That's why they have these these backdoor channels. I watch enough House but of Cards. But everybody knew about it. That's the problem, Joel. Everyone knew. The Trade Federation knew who these people were. The uh, the Naboo knew who they were. Yeah. You know what it's more like? It's like uh, when we send Clinton, like not while he's president, like years later, because uh-huh. it's like, hey, everybody likes Clinton. Hey, Clinton's coming to town. He's very respected. We can't can't treat him like the the way we're treating the sitting president. This is Clinton, right? So we're we're using him much. He's he's our Jedi. He's our Qui Gon. So let's say that the Bill Jedi Qui-Gon. let's say that the Jedi were successful in negotiating a peaceful mm-hmm. end to the blockade. It would have been a short movie. How, but no, 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 not just that. How would that have affected things in Senate? Wouldn't that have pissed people off? <laughs> they, right though, wouldn't you that have pissed people off? More thought into this. I've put a lot of thought into this. Had. I've had a lot of time. Mm-hmm. To put the thought into this, that yeah, would that would have pissed some people off, right? I guess so. If they were so so, you're ready just, to you're going to send Jedi to like bully him. people into to to but you acquiescing. Know what? That's that's kind of the impression that this movie gives you is that the Jedi are somewhat bullies. Well, first of all, <clears throat> Mace Windu is kind of a dick. Can we agree on that? Sam uh-huh. Jackson is a dick. Yeah. Uh. Yes. Like Qui Gon yes. and and Ewan come back. Obi Wan and they got this little kid. And like, Th- hey, man, thank you. We we brought this kid. Uh huh. Highest midichlorian levels ever seen. Ever, ever tested in the in the entire fucking universe. We believe he's the one prophesied he's the to one. bring balance to the force. And and Mace is like, oh, you mean yeah, yeah, bring him balance to the force. And and he, he so flippantly like rolls his eyes, like bring him before me. No, he he Yoda's almost got seems, his back. He almost seems upset. He's perturbed. That's the note that I made when they're like. He 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 kind of rolls his eyes and he's like, "Bring him before us." Right. Yeah. What? What? what I mean, is, why are you like this? Yeah, this is the person. Should he's be got exciting. The highest fucking midichlorian, and that we're gonna get into that <laughs> yes, in a bit. Yes, we will. But the highest midichlorian count that you've ever experienced, mm-hmm. and he's just like, almost like you've asked to to have your friend that your parents really don't like mm-hmm. to have your friend over for dinner. <laughs> That's how Mace Windu reacts yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead, everybody right. should be kind of losing their shit. As long as he's out of here by ten, and I can right? get my my beauty sleep. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and then, so they test him, which I guess the extent of that is uh, uh, it's, telepathy. It's Ghostbusters. It's, <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. it's the first scene of Ghostbusters. Bunch of squiggly lines, <laughs> square. Is it a heart? Rectangle. <laughs> it's really lame, too, because it's like three out of the four items that he's being tested on are vehicles. Yeah. He's like, a speeder. Uh, what was the other thing? A cup. Yeah, 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 a cup. A ship. A ship. A cup. Another a ship. ship. And a speeder. Yeah. Wow, very unoriginal. <laughs> like, there's nothing, you couldn't have chosen like a fruit. Like, yeah, like do what Star Trek does. A Chipur snippet. Exactly. Yeah, make something up, and we don't know. But it's they're so generic. I get the feeling like ILM only had these three D models, and like, uh, <laughs> either that or they left it like, models. okay, Jake, just say the first things that come to your mind, and we'll animate it later. <laughs> okay. That's uh, not a beyond sh- the realm of possibility. <laughs> Ultraman. <laughs> <laughs> There's a picture of Schwarzenegger. Uh, uh, so he passes the test. And then Qui-Gon comes back like, all right, how, how, how did he do? Blast with flying colors, right? He's going to train him, right? Nope. <laughs> in, in fact, he will not be trained. In fact, Mace Windu's kind of like, no. No. Like, you, he silly rabbit, you should know this. Exactly. We're not going to train him. But, what, what do you got to do? What do you got to do to impress these motherfuckers? Yoda, too. Okay. Which was it, it, such a horrible puppet. Like, I love 
The Empire Strikes Back Yoda puppet. The Return of the Jedi Yoda puppet. Right. There's something so real about that puppet. Even now, watching the movie again, mm-hmm. watching Empire, and Yoda shows up, and I immediately, you I buy him. Yeah. I buy him as a living, breathing person. Absolutely. This, like, is maybe a half a degree above a hand in a sock. <laughs> now, what, what, what version of this did you watch? I watched the the Blu-ray version of it. Okay, where they've replaced oh, him no, no, now. Oh no no no! I watched the, the DVD. That's right. I watched the DVD, ah, so it has okay. like the the puppet that they originally shot. Because I, I I was watching it and I Yoda shows they, up. They replaced yeah. him, in the and new I was one. like, oh, he's not as bad looking as I remember. And then I realized, oh wait, he's computer generated. Yeah, they totally went back and they jabbed him as they did with the uh, the special edition. And the even the CG trilogy. version that's in episodes two and three. I don't buy. I don't buy as much as in in Return of the Jedi. I and don't Empire. mind. Well, so, someday we'll do an ep- a, an episode about Episode Two, yeah. where he's flying around and Which bouncing I, off I the hate. walls. I hate. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. It's, uh, my boss at the time said uh, it's like it's like a fan film. It it's defeats like somebody... the purpose of what Yoda stood yes. for. Okay. Well, Yoda in general, like, tell me if, if you had this impression watching the original trilogy growing up. Yes, I am already going to answer yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think because I am a page. Jedi and I can read your thoughts. My mind to your mind. Yes. Wait, wrong universe. That is totally wrong. Um, <laughs> did you see what Tuvok did today on Facebook? No, 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 no. Um, and uh, from Star Trek, remember Tuvok from Voyager? No, because yeah. nobody. Yeah, Jeff's like, keep going, keep going. <laughs> um, so when Yoda's introduced, and you know Mark Hamill's looking, for, I don't know why I interchange characters' names okay. with actors' it's names. It's all right. Luke fucking Skywalker is going off to final last Jedi around after now that Obi Wan's been been killed, right? And so when we meet him, he's you know he's deserted on this planet. He's basically in hiding, self exile, much in the same way that uh, uh, Obi Wan was initially. Uh, I never for once thought that Yoda was like a, a, a higher-up Jedi, like part of any sort of council. Uh-huh. I always thought le- that, like... But he said in, in Empire Strikes Back, my own council that I keep. Sure. I wasn't did, taking that literally talking about the Jedi council, though. Uh, I thought he was... I think that's the more only council you can think of because he says... Yeah, that's an my expression, own, though. My own co- no, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. kind of He's actually... Like, I'll make up my own mind, my own council No, but he says, my own council did I keep on which Jedi were to be instructed. Like, he says those lines. Hmm. All right, <laughs> but go ahead. But still, I want to follow never, you on this journey. I, I had always kind of thought that um, you know when when the Jedi were all killed, it was like one of those things where uh, you know they always talk about if a bomb went off during the Oscars, it would be the, the day that all the actors died, right? Yeah. And so now we'd be stuck with like all the C celebrities. We'd be and stuck D with like Adam Sandler, exactly. Oh god. Uh, well, at least B, at least. But no, I mean even I'm I mean uh, who's the guy who's always in the Adam Sandler movies? <laughs> From uh, oh, SNL. oh 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 uh, oh, fuck, I can't, I can't remember. Name. Joe Dirt, Joe Dirt, oh, David, David, David Spade. Spade. Yeah, so like, I figured that the only Jedi's left were the David Spade of the Jedi's. <laughs> okay, and so you know, I thought Yoda was a Jedi, but maybe he wasn't the most powerful. Um, okay, and, and wasn't but, a higher but, up. But Obi Wan so even says escaped. like, you you are to go and train with the Jedi Master who instructed me. Sure. Oh yeah, but that doesn't mean that like. The, I don't because know. I, I guess thought there I were hundreds of Jedi. I, I guess right? I'm going to take away my yes that, that I agree <laughs> with you. I'm, way taking, too soon. I'm taking that away from 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 you. I always like the idea that he was just like a, a lower tier Jedi, or maybe like I feel like you're the only person many. who had this idea. No, really? Yeah. I, for for me, it 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 meant something more knowing that you know he used to be one of many, and he wasn't at the top of the chain. Everybody above him was wiped out, and he... Not everybody above I can him. see you know where you're I mean? coming from. I see where you're coming from. For me, and I never thought about it in that in that respect, but for me, what made Yoda so important 
and what he represented was the fact that like you do not have to be because he says the line he says that that, that monologue about size matters judge not me judge me size. by my size do you uh, and so we have that moment where he lifts the ship out of the swamp and mm-hmm. Luke is like I don't believe it and that, that is why you fail. fail. Yoda always represented the inner strength of the Jedi, the inner strength of the Force, that, you know, that oneness mm-hmm. of being one with the Force, uh, as I completely repeat myself. <laughs> uh, that, but that's what he represented. He wasn't the physical specimen. Mm-hmm. He represented the spirituality of the Jedi. And so when you get in episode two, which has nothing to do with this movie that we're talking I know, about. I know. But when you get in episode two and he's jumping around like a frog and fighting, that completely defeats right. in one fell stroke. It completely defeats what Yoda stood for. And why does he even have a cane if he has the ability to like summon his the force power? Make him think and... you're weak when you're strong. Uh, it's not Yoda's style, man. I know it's not. It's yeah. totally not Yoda's That's style. That's ridiculous. But back to episode one. Back anyway, to episode so one. I like the idea that that uh, you know he was he was one of the few left behind. It wasn't the top of the chain. So then when when they introduce him here. And there's what? What are they like? Twelve guys on the Jedi Council. Joel feels very small. I, I have no idea. I, all I know is that anytime there's a council of some sort, it's a bunch of guys sitting in a circle. There are tons of scenes in this movie of guys in circles, in circles, semicircles, looking at a hologram in the middle of them. Holograms sitting in real chairs, mm-hmm. which you know we've talked about. Captain America: Winter Soldier is one of my pet peeves to have like actual physical chairs Why? and a hologram sitting in it. Right? I, they don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't need to actually. Why don't have you a just real make a hologram of the chair that the, the person chair. is sitting in? Exactly. <laughs> Instead of. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, but there's it's ever happening in this movie mm-hmm. where there's a semicircle or circles and people meeting. I mean, it starts in the very the very beginning where like the queen is talking to the 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 trade federation it it happens when they go into gungan city mm-hmm. it happens again when they're on the ship on the fucking ship there's the queen is kind of in a semicircle in this little room on the ship mm-hmm. i mean it's always happening uh, which <laughs> it signifies kind of a a, a lack in creative vision yes. on the part of george lucas as an actual a filmmaker <laughs> uh, i feel like any other cinematographer would have been like are you sure you really? want to do this? Yeah. Maybe. My my favorite part is when uh um the the who are the two Newt Gunray and the other guys? Yeah, the, the, I don't remember the other the one's name. Offensive like Asian. Yeah, can, can we say this? Just get it out of the way. This movie's racist. This movie is <laughs> horribly is. horribly racist. Yeah. Uh, so just let's just take that for what it is, mm-hmm. and and move on. Because if we were to point out every racist aspect of this film, every time where they just went with a horrible stereotype, yep. we would be here all night. Yeah. All right. Well, good. That's one less thing we have to talk we'll about. Get, we'll get that out of the way. Um, what, what were you saying? I don't remember. I forgot the point oh I was trying God. to make. <laughs> well, how did I start off with it? You said uh, that that I was right oh, 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 in yeah. what I had to say about Yoda. We were talking about the holograms. So there's the part where uh, the, 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 the Asian stereotype guys are walking. And there's like a little three-legged mechanical... A little spider hologram machine. Exactly, that has a hologram with it. I don't feel like... You have one of those lying around. No. Like, I always feel like there's a room where you talk to holograms, but you really got to... Kind you, of it's, like... It's, in, for, the, of, for the guy who's on the go, who needs to be able to talk to his holograms. Like, remember in Empire Strikes Back, every time Vader talked with the Emperor, mm-hmm. he had to go to his little room. Right. And that's when he would call up the hologram or whatever. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that you carried around with you. Yeah. And they were people were always carrying holograms around. Like someone Dude, you had, had a your, thing on his exactly, hand. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Where's uh, the Apple Watch version of it? <laughs> not, this, not this walking, mechanical, three-legged right? yeah, stool. Uh, <laughs> that's how I would describe this movie, <laughs> is just stool. Um, you know what, though? You talked about the first 11 minutes of this movie. Uh, I remember 
So I, I did watch the first 10 minutes of it before all the shit hits the fan and uh-huh. when we're introduced to Jar Jar and thinking, man, I remember feeling how much potential this movie had. Yeah. Because it doesn't start off too bad. Well. It kind of, it's like the giant cloaked and then they're badass and you get to see them do shit we've never done before. They do that thing where they run down the hallway, hallway really, really fast. fast. Unless you read about it in like the books. Yeah, but that I you, No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. Gotcha. Like, I'm just saying like if you read about it in the books, that was also like a geek out moment where you're like, oh, they did that in the movie. All mm-hmm. right, cool. Yeah. Uh, where where Qui Gon has got the lightsaber in the blast door, right? And yeah, you're starting. It's a as great a, opening as scene. As a fan, you're like, you've got little questions in the back of your head, like uh, if the Trade Federation is all like all the the humanoids are actually on the bridge, and they've got it locked off, and everything else is robots. Why don't they just open an airlock, <laughs> right? <laughs> and yeah. just kill the Jedi that way. That's what but, happens in the third movie, right? Uh, yeah, right. With, uh, what's his name? General Grievous. <laughs> yes, General Grievous. Right? Yeah, no, no, no. Your name seemed wrong. General Grievous. No, it's just that it's a character just like with Darth Maul was so built up Mm -hmm. and just you know died ten minutes into the movie. Ceremony. Yeah, exactly. Uh, No, it it, it did bring up that question though. I was like, why don't they just open the airlock (laughs) and let them suffocate? Yeah, like just keep it keep it open for a good three four hours. But I liked the witty banter between Qui Gon and Obi Wan and um, man, that's well. First of all, I feel like Liam Neeson is you know after this movie comes out. Uh, is sitting somewhere on a couch, like, you know, being blown by a model. And he, well, I guess he was married at the time. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Patricia Richardson. Patricia Richardson. And Rest just, in peace. And just like wiping his brow, thinking, thank God I don't have to make two more of these pieces of shit. Everybody else is stuck into these three picture uh, contracts. I get out. I'm I, the best thing about this movie. Absolutely. People remember is. me. It's funny you say that because one of my notes about you and McGregor at the end of this movie, they cut to him. It's during the the ceremony sequence, right, right. and they're cutting to all the characters, and they cut to one shot of of you and McGregor, <laughs> and he's kind of looking off in the distance, almost with a look on his face, like, "What the fuck did I get myself <laughs> yeah, exactly. into?" Seemed like such a good idea. At the time. <laughs> yes. Natalie Portman too, especially like a what is she like a Yale graduate or Harvard? Or? I don't think she'd graduated yet at this point. No, no, no. But I'm saying like oh, now, yeah. looking at now, how, how smart. Oscar award winning exactly um yeah maybe I, I mean who would turn down this role nobody did apparently no one yeah no. except for except for Liam Neeson who never came back for the because uh, he was supposed to come back as like a ghost image or whatever I wondered about that and we like hear his voice at a certain point but it's just a rehash like a of, of dialogue from, from episode they just one got the rights to yeah. is, is that a fact then did, did he was asked back and he said no I can't I can't say with certainty wow. but that's a fact but as I understand it I don't know if he said no or if there was some kind of extenuating circumstance that kept him from doing it, yeah. but he was supposed to have some kind of a ghostly image scene yeah. in episode three when Yoda's talking to Obi-Wan about, you know, we can live beyond this life or whatever. I can't remember what the... I am never going to be able to exactly quote the prequel trilogy. That's fine. Because I think I've only seen these movies, like, at the most, five times. Yeah. Like, each... I I don't I I think I've only seen Revenge of the Sith like three three times. Yeah, that's the one I've seen the least. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Attack of the Clones. I think I've seen maybe three or four, and Phantom Menace maybe ten wow. at the most. I've probably seen these more than you. Yeah, you probably have. I've seen them about I, a dozen times. I was not after I finally digested these films. Mm-hmm. I was not a big fan. Yeah, but you bought them on DVD. I, I and... did because of that completionist in me. Yeah, it was like okay, I've got the whole series. You know, I bought the Blu-ray set because it was. All six of them. I know. Uh, Can you imagine if they would have done what people wanted and 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 separated them, like first trilogy, second trilogy? They did do that. How poorly they the first trilogy would have sold. They have done that. Yeah, oh yeah, in retrospect. I would but love initially to see, when it was released on love, Blu-ray. I would love to see the numbers now, yeah, though, yeah, of what they've sold. You know, though, I hear from people who have kids and and now some kids who kind of like grew up with the original trilogy that that they 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 love it. Is that kids true? love it. <sighs> 
I keep going back and forth on whether or not I'm going to let my daughter know that these movies exist. <laughs> I remember you saying that one oh, time. Yeah. going to skip. I might, I might manipulate her. Like, it's, it's like religion and Star Wars. We'll let her make her own decision right. when she's old enough yeah, if yeah, she yeah. wants to watch them. But we are that, that, not that is not going to be what I introduce her to first. It's, it's a great idea. It's a good um, way to do it. So why did the Jedi split up? What was the logic behind that when they were on the ship? And they're like, we better split up. Pick a ship and let's go down to the surface. They don't really revisit that at Wait, all. Wait, when is that? When they're in the, they go up the ventilation shaft. Yeah. Because that one character is like, they went they in went the, ventilation the ventilation shaft. shaft. Which, why didn't we immediately investigate and shut down all the ventilation shafts yeah. if you knew where they went? Or again, hey, remember that gas you pumped into that one room? Start pumping it out again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so they no, they land in that in the in the dock, mm-hmm. and remember Obi Wan's like, "You were right. The negotiations were Whoop. short." Yeah. In that scene, Qui Gon's like, "It's best if we split up, get in separate ships, and we'll meet down on the surface." No, that's right. But then they never revisit that. They never show us why it would be smart for them to split up. Yeah, more deleted scenes because they end up just regrouping <laughs> right on the together. planet surface. Like nothing point. really happens except for a lame dialogue sequence with uh, Princess Amidala. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they end up on the surface. And that's where we meet Jar Jar. What is with Natalie Portman doing that weird accent? I've thought about that. Okay. And I think it's because she had to ADR the dialogue when oh. uh, Kira Knightley was posing as her. Oh, interesting. As, you know, when she right. was the handmaiden in Kira Knightley. Because it's not Kira Knightley's voice. No. It's Natalie Portman ADRing it. And I think they did that so that uh, way she so could she kind of match, match, Kira, Knightley. match Kira Knightley's uh, vocal, like her, her okay. mouth movements and that, stuff. That, that kind of makes sense. Because she's not like that again in episode two or three. No, no. It completely abandons it. Well, also is out of hiding, I guess you you would say at that point. Out of the closet. Mm-hmm. Out of the uh, the adorned closet where she keeps all of her she's dresses. She's not even like that when she's Padme. When she's walking around. Yeah, with that's what on, I'm saying. Yeah, she's totally Nat Port. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, wait, one more thing oh. that I want to touch on when they get on the planet surface, because I think we're going to kind of, we're speeding past this. Mm-hmm. When He's going to speed you away. Oh, God. <laughs> the planet I hate it God. so much, and now and it's Brian Blessed. Brian Blessed. <laughs> and, and even that is like, oh, you're not saving it, sir. No, so this is before they even go down to Gungan City. When Qui-Gon's running away from the transport ship, and then he hits, he hits Jar Jar, mm-hmm. and they hit the ground, and the vehicle goes over them. Right. I have this feeling, mm-hmm. and this is something that's just, fa- it, it's, it's got no basis in reality, mm-hmm. but I'm sitting here thinking, if you've got a vehicle, a tank that's <laughs> levitating, yeah. it's got to be putting out enough gravitational crazy, pressure yeah, to keep it, it levitated, and that's so it should flatten everything it goes everything, over. Yeah. It's right? taking down trees and, yes. and forest all around it. Yeah. But Qui-Gon and Jar Jar are laying underneath it, and they're just fine. Well, thank God. And I know a- that's a stupid nitpicky science kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you know me. Whenever we talk yeah. about these movies, I'm like, well, you're doing this with it. How come it's working for that but not crushing these these people? Is it weird that I give Star Wars a pass? Because Star Wars, up until this whole midichlorian debacle, never really, I never really felt like it was trying to adhere to science. It never tried to explain the science. It's all magic and the force, and we have technology because we have ships and stuff, but... Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it didn't really delve too much into right, yeah. and and you, I like that about it. You you go ahead and you paint yourself in that corner though when you spend so much time trying to explain everything. Mm-hmm. And I I think that you're right. I think I wouldn't have worried about this at all if yeah. stuff like the midichlorian count mm-hmm. didn't come into to question. Uh, the whole immaculate conception, immaculate backstory. conception, and and why did Anakin have to be from Tatooine? 
Well, okay. Did you find any this, kind of like poetic symmetry to that no, at all? No, and in fact, it cheapens it. One of the main problems I have with the new trilogy is is you went from this huge universe with all these different planets, and every movie that came out, Empire and then Jedi, we're seeing that uh, yeah, more of the expanded Hoth universe. And, exactly. And, yeah. This movie took that universe and just crammed it into this little corner. Such a cluster. Everybody knows galaxy. each other. Greedo, oh hey, Greedo's here as a kid. Uh-huh. And, oh, Jabba's here too. It's Boba Fett. It's all your favorite friends from the first episode. Just the way you want to see them as I, toddlers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so no, I didn't. I didn't think it was poetic. And in fact, brings up a lot of um, logistical issues, which is why when Anakin finally becomes Darth Vader in the the trilogy we all know and love. Didn't he? Why wasn't the first place he went to go look? I mean, I guess it's a bit that hiding in plain sight thing. Yeah. No, because <laughs> everybody who he, who he knew is now back on his home planet. Obi Wan's there, and Luke's there. They let him keep the name Skywalker. Yeah, that's another thing too. <laughs> There's no witness protection program <laughs> right? in the uh, Star Wars universe. Like, what's and I I start thinking about this like on other levels that no one intended, but <laughs> may, was Luke maybe the the bait? Like, if Vader was going to go after one, uh, maybe he, they, they're like, okay, let him go after Luke. <laughs> the guy who but maybe that has way, a chance. that way Leia is safe and okay. We'll give her a whole other name, but let's keep Luke out there. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, you know, if he tries to come get him, that's when we'll know, all right, we've got to get into, we got to leap into action. I don't know. But to let him keep that last name right. is just fucking horrible. And Ultimately, I guess, come to think of it, was Obi Wan on Tatooine yeah. to keep an eye over Luke? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's yeah, that's, that's well, we're as we're as we're led to believe in the in the original trilogy, I don't think they ever thought that. No, that he just happened to live in solitude, and he was going to be the yeah. the old man that teaches the young hero, the Joseph Campbell journey of the hero. Exactly, he's supposed to be the wise man. Also, another thing, talking about the old Jedi Knights versus what we see in in the original trilogy. So yeah, Obi Wan's on Tatooine. Wearing this brown cloak, and I, and then I guess when we see Yoda, he's got similar garb. But I just thought that that's all that they could rustle together, you know, in their in their exile. Uh huh. I never thought for once that that, that was the official uniform exactly. of the Jedi. Yeah, like yeah. I thought they were like, oh, these guys are gonna be badass, and they're gonna be like in armor, like knights, you know, like actual knights, uh-huh. like we know from medieval times. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you see, I remember seeing the production photos, like. Or even, wow, or really? even like when you watch, if you've ever watched the animated, the computer animated show, The Clone Wars, mm-hmm. the way that they're dressed in that, yeah, oh yeah, like with some of the, kind of like stormtrooper esque looking armor, mm-hmm. but it's a little more stylized yeah. for for melee battle. I didn't think they were all. That's gonna what have I hoods. figured they'd be, they'd be wearing. And yeah, they were like wearing burlap sacks, basically. Yes. It's like no. And the thing is, that outfit makes sense for a hermit on Tatooine. Yes, because it helps camouflage him if he's going up against the sand mm-hmm. people or Brown. something mm-hmm. it makes no sense on a, in a place like Coruscant no. for them to be wearing that and yeah. I understand oh we're now we're going to try to make it seem like like they're Tibetan monks or something right but that's so retroactive it's so yeah like obviously not what the original vision was nor is it a kind of vision that works when you really think about it yep agreed should we start talking about Anakin do you want to talk about Anakin or uh, can I talk about one last thing oh sure that's just just an, an amazing like, you you meet Jar Jar, and he's like, the safest place is Gungan City. It's a hidden city. <laughs> they get in the water, and somehow the Jedi just in their bat belts yeah, have, exactly. like, I let's know. breathe underwater devices. I love that. And they go swimming underwater. Uh, Gunga City isn't hidden because everyone has their fucking lights up. I was going to say. It's, it's not hidden. It's just underwater. Probably see it from the surface at night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that bothered me. That really bothered me that it was like, it's a, it's a hidden city. Uh uh-uh, uh, because you just you you swim over one outcropping, and bam, there it is. Yeah, 
Uh, could you tell me what the fuck Jar Jar Binks was saying at all in this movie? <laughs> uh, no. There was no like, point where I understood really what he was talking about. There's that one scene like where, where they finally get the, the speeder from Boston Ass and they're going through the planet core. Uh-huh. And he's telling the story of why he's in trouble. Uh-huh. I've heard that speech several dozen times. Yeah. I have no idea what the fuck he's saying. No Which clue. I guess maybe is intentional. But, but, but if you're going to do that, then... It, have it, a it character has, saying, it, do you understand what he's saying? <laughs> well, or it has no impact when he's then he comes back home and he's like, oh, good to be home. And yet immediately arrested. Yeah. And then he's going to be put in indentured servitude for uh-huh. all eternity, it seems like. Yeah. Um, and so that's how he, he, he owes a life debt. He, this Gunga owes me a life debt. He owes a life debt. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slowly roll up to this. He owes a life debt. Slowly roll. And so Qui-Gon ends up getting him freed because they need a navigator to get <laughs> through the planet core. Yet this motherfucker has no idea where yeah, they exactly. are. Exactly. In fact, he worst. even says the line, where are we now? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's a, what kind of navigator are you? I like to think that was more like the Jedi version of the Hippocratic Oath, where it's like, do no harm. And if you can save a life, then do it. And that's fine. I get it. That brings me to my second point when it comes to this. Mm. Can we agree that maybe this whole trilogy would have been a little bit more interesting if we dealt with the guilt of Jar Jar never being able to pay off his life debt? That Qui-Gon dies oh. at the end of this movie, and Jar Jar couldn't do anything to help him. Interesting. He should have like committed seppuku. Not Just commit like, seppuku, but see something a little bit more noble. Like, maybe at the end, like, Qui-Gon died. I wasn't able to save him. I owe him a life debt. Now I transfer that to you. Like, something hmm. like that. Something to make that character more noble and less of a goofy fucking idiot. First of all... <sighs> The design, the the visual design of Jar Jar, the Gungans in general, not just him, it's not a good design. Uh Uh-uh. Okay, I'm fine with it being kind of cartoony and alien looking, but one thing you have to do right, if I'm going to relate to this character, is the eyes. I have to be able to see his eyes emoting. He has the worst designed eyes. They're like cat's eyes. First of all, they're yellow. You can barely see the pupils. They're Uh like tall pupils. The eyes are misshapen. He's not able to furrow a brow. He's not able to... You know, squint or do anything with his eyes to emote, and that's they, a, and they they make a move though. They, they move yeah. awkwardly. They're like uh, they're like little little uh, springs on the top of his head. Uh, okay, forget the voice. If you watch him on mute, I'm getting so tipsy. It's right now. still not. You did down that beer. Yeah, this is the best way to talk. I about I, I very one. rarely drink on the podcast, Man, and this I is have why I have no no tolerance why. for alcohol. It goes through me pretty quick. Oh no! Uh, but it's Cinco de Mayo, and it's Dos Equis. Hey, the the official sponsor of the editor. <laughs> All right. So you were. Sa- I'm sorry. You were saying. Um, I don't always talk about Star Wars, <laughs> but when I do, but it's about Jar Jar. Um, no, in his it, eyes, it's, it's just a bad design. And there are some for every Darth Maul. There's a Jar Jar in this movie, as yeah. far as design goes. Yeah. Uh, th- for, there's the cool ship that they're flying around. That silver, that chrome. Yeah. I love it. It uh-huh. fucking looks hot, sweet. Yes. Uh, and then there's the little buggies that the Gungans are pushing <laughs> along. Yes. Um, well, that all right. We'll get to the whole last battle. Uh huh. Uh huh. But I do want to. We have to talk about Anakin. We need to get to Anakin because this whole trilogy right. is about the the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker. So who thought when they watched the original Star Wars episode four, New Hope, for the hundredth time, when you're listening to Obi Wan say, you know, oh, I I knew your father when he was when I met him, he was a young pilot, right? He was a he was a great pilot. Yeah, mm-hmm. when I met him, he was already a skilled pilot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no. 
Did you ever think he was talking about like a nine-year-old child? Nope. Or like nope. a contemporary? Uh-uh. Like I remember uh, fantasizing about, oh, what, what must it have been like when they met or whatever. Uh-huh. I figured they were both like same age. Yeah. Both hotshot, I, I, you know, members of the rebellion maybe. I've said so much that like Anakin should have been re- represented from the very beginning in these movies. He should have been represented almost like a young Han Solo. Absolutely. Like cocky. A cocky kid. You know, there, there's a guy that's on YouTube that did this whole like how – the Star Wars tr- prequel trilogy should have played out, and he's fucking spot on. It's so good. And he talks about, like, how when they built up this actual trilogy, there's this whole weird, like, love triangle between uh, Padme, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. Right. And it makes no sense, and it doesn't play. No. But what should have been... been great. ...is if Anakin's this hotshot pilot, and they realize he's got, like, these abilities or whatever, and he's got this relationship going with Padme. At the same time, while he's in the military, like, in flight school or whatever in the academy, he meets a young boy named Owen Lars. Mm. He, or he meets, he meets a guy named Owen Lars. They become really close friends. And th- there's kind of a love triangle between those three, mm. that, like, Padme maybe has a thing or Owen has a thing for Padme, and Anakin starts to get kind of jealous about it, but that Owen's kind of... Almost reverse that Owen's kind of like the good natured, like he would never do anything to to ruin that friendship, and he's kind of more like Luke, where Anakin's more like Han Solo, and they kind of play that up, and that's why in the end, because Padme becomes close with Owen, and they they become really good friends, yeah, that's why they end up sending Luke to be with Owen Lars. That makes a lot more. It would have been so great just bypass this whole nine year old shit, yes. and get right into it instead of like the one scene in Episode Three where we find. Finally, meet young Owen and uh, Aunt yeah. Peru. Or is episode two? It was in. It was episode two. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm. I want. Where's my mother? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we. Do we see him again at the end of episode? Three? Yeah, when yeah. they're handing off. Uh, yeah, they Luke. hand off the baby. Yeah. No, you're right. Why? It makes no sense that they would I, bequeath. It doesn't. It doesn't elicit a any more of an emotional response from me mm-hmm. for him to be a nine year old boy. No. Uh, for him to have lost it, he could lose his mother in his teen years. Yeah. That could have totally happened. They didn't have to be slaves. This whole I'm going oh, to come back and so free ridiculous. the slaves is it, it, it reeks of of a cheap attempt to cash in on like the old uh, ch- uh, uh, Charlton Heston movies. Mm-hmm, you know the the Moses, the Moses movies. Story, the yeah. Let my people go. Mm-hmm. Like they were trying to give it so much of that like biblical gravitas right. that they forgot that they're making a sci-fi fairy tale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so yeah, no, we didn't need to see him as a nine-year-old boy. No, it was an, it was annoying, and it kind of already. We were already dealing with shit from Jar Jar, and Anakin did not balance that. He did no. he did not bring balance to the Force. <laughs> in in fact, there's a scene where they're all sitting around the table. Oh God! Do you remember this? Where everyone's doing the worst acting in the world. This is this is the scene. One of the many scenes that I fast forwarded last night. So it's yes. it's so bad, Joel. Mm-hmm. Where they're all sitting around a table and everyone's got like no emotion. Well, what do you think, Anakin? Mm-hmm. Or you know what makes you say that? We're in very big trouble, and the queen needs help. <laughs> and like, Anakin, Anakin, stop! What? Uh, he was meant to help you, Mom. You always said that. Like, it's like that all around the table. The two bringing the most life to the scene, Jar Jar, are R two fucking D two <laughs> in the corner, yeah. and and Qui Gon. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Liam Neeson was sitting there on the day, going, "The fuck am I?" doing on this set yeah. like these people are Is somebody going to direct us i feel so bad for for liam neeson watching do, this scene i do i do really do and yet he's like acting the hell out of it I he's think trying his scenes so are, hard are golden yeah he's he's the only genuine thing about this movie mm-hmm. that's the one thing that you can walk away from when it comes to this film that wow i really like that qui-gon character mm-hmm. even though he was kind of a fucking idiot 
I really like that Qui Gon <laughs> a little character. bit because w- when you when you break it down, he's this is of, all his fault. He's kind of a moron. Uh, I mean, right from the beginning, Obi Wan's like, I have a bad feeling about this, and Qui Gon's like, I don't sense anything. <laughs> he does. That's well, right. Yeah, great. <laughs> you know, he just that, keeps telling him to be mindful of the the living force. That and Joel, I need to call attention to this. Mm. Every every Liam Neeson scene ends with a punctuation of a dialogue that's a, a, a variation of I don't know or I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, that's that's how Oops. he punctuates every but, scene. But be careful. Obi-Wan's like, well, what does that mean? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah well, after <laughs> that du- is not your decisive heroic right. Jedi. He has the big duel with Darth Maul and almost gets killed and then jumps on the ship. And, and who was that? And he's like, well, we'll figure it out later. <laughs> I'm not sure. Not sure, but uh, we'll, we'll look into it. Look into it, <laughs> right? There have been no Sith for uh, how many for generations? generations? Yes, and now all of a sudden, here's one again, like with the Minicorians. <laughs> you guys should be a little more concerned <laughs> about your so, world. He's so laissez-faire about it. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. had a lightsaber and yeah. force powers, but anyway, back to the pod race tomorrow. <laughs> Get some sleep, little kid. You got to win me some money and some ships. <laughs> uh, but that, that, and that's the other thing too. Before we get off the mom, <laughs> um, that. She's so bad. That whole uh, she's she's foreign though. I'll, I'll give her a pass. What? She's like Swedish, right? That wasn't her. There's plenty of, of foreign, <laughs> as you put it, actresses that are fantastic. But I'm saying I don't feel like English was her first language. I, I don't know. She, she she's fine, but her story <laughs> it it seems kind of callous. Then that Obi Wan and and Qui Gon are more concerned with getting this nine. Like they're, she's they're, the worst. She's either the worst mother in the world or the smartest woman to have ever to, lived. To, to, to abandon this kid, <laughs> to let like, this uh, kid go. Oh, I don't know. He is my only son. Yeah, but she's like. You are. You should go. You're going to take him with you, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Where I put myself in her shoes, and I'm like, don't forget, please, please fucking take him with you. <laughs> Be funny. He comes back winning. Hey, mom, mom, I won. She's already got his shit packed. I'm like, hey, good for you. Here you go. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out, kid. <laughs> but but then I was like, man, she's such a horrible mother. She just wants him the fuck out of there. Right, right. And then there's a part of me that's like, but she wants something better for her son. Okay, yeah. I get that. But like, also, could you? I don't think I could ever give up my Let child. Your, like yeah, that. exactly, and continue Let, to be a slave. And to, it wasn't even like a take him. I'll be, I'll continue to be the slave. Yeah, which would have meant more. Right, right. That like you know what they should have played it. You 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 hit it on this the is head. What I'm saying that that they should have played it. That like okay. You, he rolls his chance cube, and it's like, if you get blue, you can have both. If you get red, only one. Mm-hmm. And he rolls the cube, and it's like, you can only have one. And that Padme, or not Padme, Shmi, Shmi. Shmi makes that sacrifice. She's like, you know what? Take him. Mm-hmm. I'll be okay. Yeah, that would have meant more. That would have been a little bit sure. more powerful. Maybe she's okay with it because uh, apparently being a slave here, not so bad a it's life. It's really not that bad. They're not in shackles. They don't have numbers. It's not like Running Man where they have exploding collars on or anything. They, they, they do. They seem to get to yeah, come and go where they please. Remember, Anakin says, they blow you up. Boom. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, where is that? We never saw that. You fast forwarded through should it. Have seen it. Yeah, I guess we so. should have seen it happen. Seen somebody instead blow up Joel, to get some consequences. Instead of this movie constantly fucking telling you with words yeah. what's going on in this world, mm-hmm. it never fucking shows you what's happening. Yeah, that's right. And also, who? okay, so she's owned by? By Watto. Watto. I feel like I could take <sighs> that guy. Like, how do you get captured by that guy anyway? Like she's like a sixty-year-old woman. I think I think what happens is the huts would uh, enforce the law. Okay, and that's what it seemed like. Yeah, too. yeah. Issue. Because they the even hut. say like we we Gordola the hut owned us first, mm-hmm. and then she sold us to Watto or whatever. And I kind of feel like if anything went down, Watto could go to the huts and be like, "My slaves are revolting. They're very yeah, they're yes, revolting. they are." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I kind of feel like that that would the the, the Jedi. Now that we're talking about Watto, um, remember that part in Return of the Jedi 
where Luke Skywalker finally shows up at, at Jabba's court. Right. And he takes off his hood and he's like, you will release Captain Solo and the Wookiee to me. Oh, oh, he, he doesn't wave his hand. Mm, Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Because the Jedi don't always have to wave no, their hand. No, there doesn't need to be a Whenever they a try to flourish. do the Jedi mind trick. Yeah. But fucking every Jedi in this movie <laughs> is constantly waving how will their we know? hand. Yeah. Right? We can't pick up on the subtleties. And that's... Yeah. Alec Guinness did it, so... And that was another one that was directed by George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Oh, good call. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I'm Does he never do... No, I guess he doesn't I don't think, do that. I don't think they ever do it in Empire of Jedi. Uh, no, that's a good point. <laughs> yes, interesting. Because the other, because Richard Marquand and uh, and yeah. and Irving Kirshner are like, uh, why, why you don't it's, have it's to do a that. mind trick? It's a mind it's trick. Coming it's a visual medium. We can tell when mm-hmm. you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't, you don't have to wave it. I'm imagining George is like, well, you have to wave your hand, or else <laughs> they're not going to understand <laughs> this fucking movie. Also, I, I get the feeling that they designed Watto after they already shot the movie. Because yeah. you know they, they they shot it with an actor, right? They did the thing that they did with with Jabba, with Jabba. In, in in A New Hope, shot it with an actual actor. Um, but he's always flying like at, at head level with Qui Gon. I feel like if if that guy were really, you know, he he get tired of just like constantly hovering around. Yeah, his wings would get tired. You exactly. Think? Why? Or forget about getting tired. It's not necessary. Like uh-huh. he doesn't. He should be perching on things if he were actually a winged being. Yeah. This is one of those things that, uh, in in retrospect, I think no, I, I like that. I never thought about that. It always bugged me. It's always bugged me. He would perch on stuff. You can almost see the painted out actor walking around in those scenes. Uh, And not just with him. That said, I do kind of like Watto. I I like the Watto character. Public credits. Dude, he's one of the few characters has even a mini arc. He has a mini arc in this movie. That's right. Think about this movie. I, I like him. N- who has an arc mm-hmm. in this movie? He learns who something. Goes, who goes through a change? He feels bad. Nobody. And he loses. Nobody really goes through a change in this movie when I think about it. No one is a different person than they were when it first started. Yeah. Even Jar Jar is still a coward. 3PO, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying physically he has a little <laughs> you more had, You had me going the there end. for a second. I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> what? Your head. Well, he starts off all of his parts are showing. Yeah. Uh, and again, another thing. Everything's got to be connected. R2 and 3PO, I get that they're trying to cast them as, as the minstrels of yeah, the Star Wars because universe. because that's how the original trilogy was, too. It's sure. like, they're kind of like the storytellers of the movie, so yeah. I get that. But to have Anakin be the one that created C-3PO, yeah. it, it's... And R2 doesn't need to be around. It's unrealistic to think that 30 years later, these droids haven't been... Replaced. Uh, my car was 10 years old. I fucking threw that away. Yeah. <laughs> I crashed it, and I got a new one. I got the 15 model. Uh-huh. I feel like... The R2 units, we would do the same thing, too. And I, I kind of liked that R2 was, like, the lone voice for this first movie. And maybe they could have tr- just taken that through the first three. Mm-hmm. And that, in the new trilogy, that's where he met C-3PO. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that there's no reason to, to hurry up and shoehorn them in together yeah, it seems into ridiculous. this stuff. No, you're, you're right about that. And then there's also, like, the logical... Uh, people have pointed out all the times that Darth Vader sees C-3PO in the original trilogy. Uh-huh. You don't remember and, and like, making him, but then again, in, in that in defense of that, there are so many C three PO looking droids. I guess because so. we end up seeing like the clear white one or whatever the the silver one. Yeah, uh, true. When, when they're on Bespin, so th- it's possible it could just be like a huh. It's still unneeded. I it's, never for a second thought that R two and three PO would be in the original trilogy. You can't you can't try to throw too much mm-hmm. like coincidence into these movies mm-hmm. where it's like. Oh, and, and he created 3PO, and 3PO came back to it. And we're even going to play around with the fact that, like, you know, in Empire, you've got Chewbacca who's putting 3PO back together, and we've got some of that in this movie. Uh, a little too much a little too much fan service, or is it too little fan service? 
You know, there's so, there's so many things where, like, the first bit of dialogue from a major character in this movie is, I have a bad feeling about this. Oh, right. Is that too much? I know, dude, in every movie. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's just, it's uh, you know what? It's one of those things where, in a, in a more skilled director's hands, like, I don't I don't mind there being um, I- I coincidences and, and themes and uh-huh. lead motifs, as they call them. Um, but if, if, if you, you have to earn that mm-hmm. in these films yeah. and, and it doesn't earn it, it doesn't no. be, because it, it, then it does just seem haphazard. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy ran out of originality. If this movie were filled with great ideas and dialogue and action scenes, I, I wouldn't mind it as much. I wouldn't mind any of these coincidences. And that's a victim of it, of trying to spread it out over three films. Mm-hmm. When again, this, and you painted yourself into that corner because you started doing that whole like chapter thing with Empire where it was like, oh, we should give these chapter numbers and stuff. And so now when you've made A New Hope, which wasn't even called A New Hope at the time, you've made that chapter or episode four. Mm-hmm. Now you have to make three. If yeah. you're going to do a prequel, because people are going to be like, well, what the fuck was chapters one, two, and three? Yeah. So now you've got to split it up. But it didn't need to be that. You know, you sit there and you think about the story of Anakin Skywalker. And like I said at the beginning of this, it, there was no reason this couldn't have been just a three-hour flick. Yeah. Or two movies. Maybe I don't, two. I don't mind two movies. I like I like one chapter introducing the characters and... and 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 maybe even make struggles. that maybe make that third movie just a straight up rise of the empire movie mm-hmm. that kind of you know that where, would where Darth Vader is already turned yes. in part two uh-huh. and then the whole third one is uh, the fall of the rebellion and yeah the, yeah, yeah the, the hunting yeah. down the remainder of the Jedi mm-hmm, mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of doing it in a ten minute like ten ten is probably a two minute montage sequence in Revenge of the Sith where they're hunting all the Jedi down do that over the court like this is something that should take a long time yeah um. This oh. this film, they tried so hard, and going back to the, the the biblical gravitas, they tried so hard to give this like the Ben Hur feel, right? With the pod race being the chosen one, and, with, oh yeah, yeah, and, with the chariot the race, one, yeah. Which I have to say, the pod race <laughs> is still super fun to watch. This is the part where, uh, yeah. Although I have to say, on subsequent viewings, it gets more and more tedious. Uh-huh. And again, I was watching the special edition. With the what like eleven minute version of the pod race instead yeah. of nine or whatever it was. Yeah. There's, there's a few little little. Oh, they they totally in, in the special edition they extend the shit out yeah. of the race. Yeah, they yeah. really do. Um, it's it's oh, in any other movie it wouldn't seem as cool. It's just like finally it's something entertaining. It's something entertaining and where after, people aren't talking. Yeah, except uh, Greg Proops as the the dual headed. Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little rough. Yeah. But it's not horrible. No, I don't, know? I don't mind it. It's 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 it a, an oasis in the middle of this dry-ass movie. Yeah, yeah. Ironically in a desert, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what, it, it, it was, uh, what was I going to, oh, I did want to talk about this in okay. Tatooine. Can, can I say one more thing sure. about R2 and 3PO? Sure. The, uh, another reason that, that it bugged me that they're in this movie, too, um, the scene where R2 gets a fucking medal. For doing his job. For doing his job. He's a robot, uh-huh. the first of all. You want to talk about slaves, like that is that is indentured servitude. He was built to serve and do a purpose. I'm, I don't feel like there's a lot of metal ceremonies going along <laughs> right? for droids in the universe. <laughs> that was so fucking out of left field. Uh-huh. R- random. I didn't, I didn't understand it. Was it was so, Joel, Why? it was so we knew it was R2-D2. Yeah. Because this movie is so much like... And look at this character. Yeah. And check out this character. You remember him from the old movies. It's R2-D2, <laughs> ma'am, your highness. Uh, what I thought was really funny, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, when uh, when Qui-Gon's getting ready to set out to, to Mos Espa when they get on Tatooine, right. he's, he's hitting the bricks and he's walking out with R2, who's on wheels. Yes. He's walking out there with R2 
and and Jar Jar, mm-hmm. and then Captain Panaka stops them, and he's like, uh, "The Queen would like you to take oh, your yes. handmaiden with her." I did watch this part, and 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 Qui Gon's like, "No, I don't think so. It's too dangerous." Right, and he's like, and the dude's like, "No, she insists." Okay, uh, I guess <laughs> it's quite a pushover. I I love that Qui Gon is so reluctant to take. Padme with him but like Jar Jar was a, a foregone conclusion that he was going to take this fucking nitwit yeah. into a dangerous city with him yeah R2 can't travel on sand yeah in, in every scene it's kind of funny when you watch it because it's like Qui-Gon is, is clearly walking three times the speed of R2 <laughs> yes. yet every time we cut he's just on his he's heels just, just behind him it's like no this is not happening <laughs> I buy BB-8 more than I buy R2 but the, the fact that like that Padme is the most competent of these characters mm-hmm. and, and that's debatable but the most competent of these characters and he's like what a girl fuck that <laughs> in fact Qui-Gon seems to not enjoy females at all in this movie. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. What are you, what are you insinuating, Joe? Well, I'm not insinuating anything. Oh, I'm okay. just saying that he seems... Yeah, I'm not saying that he's gay. I just think that huh. maybe he just, like, hates women. <laughs> Who else does he hate? Well, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of warm towards Shmi. Uh, you know what? I take that back. Yeah. He's yeah. a little warm towards little Shmi. But again... But, he's... like, three or four times, he's, like, putting Padme in her place. He's like, uh, well, we're going to do this. The queen won't approve. We're going to just lie here, to her. is it? Yeah. Queen ain't here. Well, I don't approve. Yeah. <laughs> and like you're gonna have to trust my judgment. <laughs> Why? Why do I? So far, you've done everything idiotic in the world in this fucking movie. You know, you've put us in potential debt. You're betting on a fucking pod race. Yeah, I know. Uh, why can't we just go somewhere, do the Jedi mind trick on somebody, get right? some money, and then pay for the parts and get the fuck out of here? Here's the thing. I, well, I guess they can't really steal, can they? Because they're honorable. But but he's gambling. He's gambling. <laughs> so, uh, so why? How why not more? steal? Yeah. He's, not only is he gambling, but he's cheated a couple of times. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. So. I think the moral fucking the the moral high ground has gone out the goddamn good window. Point. Easier thing would have been to just wait, you know, creep in in the middle of the night, undercover, use your Jedi guiles, and uh, get the parts you need and hightail yeah. it out of there. Yeah, there's more important things going on. There's a war about to break out on a nearby uh, planet. Yeah, I kind of feel like maybe there's another junk dealer you could probably go see. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, Owado says you're never gonna find it for this. Price. I, I, I kind of feel like, like that. that's bullshit. I, I, why would Watto tell you the truth about that? It's exactly. It's a good yeah. call. Yeah. So, uh, so we have the pod race, oh. and that's that's where it, where some of the best, like some of the most dynamic stuff that's going on in this movie happens. It's so, like I said, if you were to watch anything in 3D from this movie, this is the part you want to watch. Sure. Yeah. Especially those POV shots. It's like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. And and honestly, just for the most part. All of the prequel movies look fantastic. Yes. The, I think they look really good. The visual effects are great. They still hadn't quite nailed down character animation. Uh, ILM, I feel like, was a little bit behind. You know what they needed? They needed the, the animators from Pixar, but just the, the technicians from ILM. Well, now they kind of do. They, yeah, they kind of do now, don't yeah, they? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I'm so excited. I'm more and more excited about this about, about December getting here. Yep, I can't uh, wait. All right, what else do we got here? Uh, let's see. Okay. You remember when they got the message? They got the message in the ship, and the dude's like, you must contact me. Right. And Obi-Wan's like, don't respond. Don't send a transmission of any kind. <laughs> and then he talks to Qui-Gon, and Qui-Gon's like, it's obviously a trace. Uh-huh. Don't respond to it. Then we cut to Coruscant, and Darth Maul's talking with Darth Sidious, and he's like, Tatooine is sparsely populated, but the trace is shown. How the fuck did they get this? Why didn't yeah. they show us? Like, how did they trace them to Tatooine? There's no information. Like, was there a scene cut out? Did Padme try to contact somebody, you know, despite the Jedi's warnings? Why didn't we see something like that? Why are we not setting up little conflicts 
within these characters. Mm. There's no conflict within these characters. And, and and I think you know you're trying to set that up a little bit with uh, with you know Obi Wan not quite understanding Qui Gon's decisions to mm-hmm. to train the boy, but at the same time, like they rectify that shit so quickly, yeah, that it doesn't matter. the The little conflicts are the end ends. And that's not what you want in a movie like mm-hmm. this, where it's like, you know, they, they go through the planet core, and then a fish catches them, and then a bigger fish catches that fish, and then they show up, and then they fight these robots, and then they fly off, but then the shield generator is blown up, and then they land on Tatooine, and then they need money for this. And th- that's this whole yep. movie. It's not relevant or, or any kind of conflict with any character resolution built within. Yep. It's just a video game. It's what do we have to do to get through this level and move on to the next Yes, stage? that's a great way to describe it. And as I was skimming through it, I kept waiting. I was like, uh, uh, you know, in my mind, all right, I'm, I'm going to fast forward to the good parts. Fast forward to the good Please. parts. And the next thing you know, like the movie yeah. was over, and I was like, oh. <laughs> there were no good I parts. I guess episodes two and three <laughs> are the good parts I'm remembering. Well, Maybe. or at least, the, you know, there's uh, more action scenes. But, um, man, that last scene at the end with the parade, and uh, the horrible song oh, yeah. that's being played with the, the horns. The desperate attempt to recapture the yes. end of A New Hope it, and Return of the Jedi. Right? Thank you. Yeah. Even with the sh- the shot, the shot of everybody and uh, so pandering yeah. and, and disappointing. And again, didn't earn it. Didn't care about any of those characters at the end. Uh-uh. Because they don't build up characters. They're just mouthpieces. Mm-hmm. Everyone's a mouthpiece. Like going back to the pod race. There's when Anakin fir- finishes the first lap and then we cut to R2-D2. Do-do-do-do. And then C-3PO goes, he has to finish two more circuits. I remember that, yeah. Uh, thank you, exposition droid. <laughs> I think we would have been able to pick that up visually from the three lights. The little lights, three lights, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. I think I think that's not with with uh, beyond the realm of reality that a viewer would go, all right. I've subconsciously connected those dots. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm sorry, George, you're not that complex of a filmmaker that we're not going to be able to follow what's going on unless your characters are are speaking horrible gibberish that we can't fucking understand. Yeah. That's a fucking problem. Um, there, I, have, I had one note that I wanted to go back to and I can't remember. Okay. Uh, I can't remember what it was now. Oh, no. Yeah, no, no it's, 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 what? oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh oh! Now I remember what it was. Okay. All right. So <laughs> it's late at night, and and Qui Gon has just like he's called up uh, Obi Wan. He's telling him about the family that he's met with, and <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't care how much of a better life you think they're going to be able to provide for your son. Mm-hmm. I would never let my my little boy. Be- I would never let my child go be with a man who just said on a walkie talkie. I don't know. There's just something about this something boy. Something about this boy. <laughs> <laughs> and he basically kind of like, uh, he could be drugging him. He could be giving him the Star Wars universe version of a roofie with that little prick. <laughs> yes. Ow, what did you just, he yes. surprises him too. Well, like, what was that? I'm testing uh, your blood. Yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> By injecting it with roofies. Yeah, very, very trusting. Again, leading more uh, uh, evidence to the fact that she just wanted to like unload this this kid. She never wanted to be a mother. Uh-huh. No, she's she's bad, and I feel like there's some moments between Shmi and and Anakin, mm-hmm. like like where where he wins the race, and she says something along the lines of like, "You've brought hope to those who have none." Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> and what else does she say? I've got I've got another one where, um, <laughs> oh, one of my notes. Oh my God, Jake Lloyd is so fucking horrible. Jesus. Uh oh oh, where Anakin is finally freed, mm-hmm. and Qui Gon lets him know, and. 
Anakin's like, well, I want you to come. And she's like, I can't. I've got to stay here. And he's like, then I don't want to go. I don't want things to change. Mm-hmm. And Shmi says, you can't stop the change any more than you can stop the suns from setting. And I'm imagining George Lucas was sitting at his pad and paper because he doesn't type. <laughs> You've seen so much footage of him and he pulls out his legal pad and paper and he's writing. And I'm just imagining him fucking crying <laughs> while he's writing this. Like, this is good stuff because I've been They're there. Where eat I've, it up. I've like I've written some stuff that I'm like, oh, my God, this is some powerful <laughs> shit. And I go back and read it. And I'm like, uh, yep. I don't Sleep know if it's it. that good. Next morning. And he's like writing it and he's crying and maybe like masturbating with his tears. <laughs> oh, my God, this stuff is so good. People are going to eat this shit up. Uh. Uh, and it was it's so empty like he's whenever George Lucas tries to be poetic with his dialogue yeah. it just comes across so clunky and so clumsy and even these emotional moments that that Anakin and Shmi have mm-hmm. as he's leaving now, now damn it I don't know if it's more informed by what's happened to me in recent right. years but there is the point where he turns around and goes back and he yeah. hugs his mother. But you know what it and is? She, and she tells him, she's like, just go. Don't look back. Mm-hmm. Just go. And I start tearing up. But it's more because of what's happened to me. It's that. And it's it's the music. Jo- John Williams, man. This movie, the only reason it feels like a Star Wars movie, aside from the lightsabers and the Jedi, uh, is that fucking John Williams music. And he is writing his ass off. More so than... Um, Ewan McGregor or Natalie Portman, you know, ruining the day that they signed on to a three-picture deal. Uh-huh. I kind of pictured John Williams thinking, "Yeah, like, oh my God, I have to watch these movies. And not just, you know, at least they get to act out their scenes and then they're gone to He's the day. He's got to watch that shit over and over, over again. and over and then score to it. And yeah. somebody's got to mix it. He's got to do it three times. <laughs> um, and yet, he puts together some of he the best He put together a good scores. score. And he... I don't think this movie gets enough credit for the new themes that he's able to introduce. The little young Anakin theme, uh-huh. I think, is a great way, and then it weaves in the Darth Vader kind of yeah. theme at the end. But uh-huh. yet, it's still kind of with like a little playful. bit of that, a little bit of that Luke Tatooine theme. Exactly, uh-huh. um, very well done there. Yeah. Um, and even and <laughs> also the the like the uh, the Trade Federation theme song, which mm-hmm. I kind of get a little bit of hint of some of the Nazi theme from Indiana Jones and the he, Last he Crusade. He does that a lot. In 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 like that's that's his style. That's his kind of that that march uh-huh. with the minor chords. Like yeah. that's that that's that's his style. When, yes, very when Nazi. I heard it again for the first time last night, I turned to Sarah and I was like, I think this is the exact same theme for I, the Nazis in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I, I, I think it is too. Yeah, or, or slightly different. Slightly, maybe yeah. slightly changed. Dun, 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 dun. But he is composing his ass off, and you you realize it more in scenes where you're just seeing a ship like fly onto onto a planet and land, and they happen forever, or somebody just walking into a scene. I would love to see a cut of this movie without the score or with a substitute score, yeah. like a Christopher Nolan minimalist sort of score. Uh-huh. The only reason these things have any sort of momentum or you know forward movement is because John Williams is like, oh shit, how do I make this he's, next 30 seconds He's doing his I'm fucking level best. flourishes, <laughs> the French horns are going to come in with a fanfare. <laughs> I have got there, to emotionally push this story <laughs> there forward. There is literally a fanfare of when a ship is landing, yep. like, and it... Uh, when is it? Oh, it's when they're coming yeah. into Coruscant, yeah. and it, it has its own theme. The there's ship landing Chancellor has its Valorum own theme. Ship, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and there's <laughs> Senator Palpatine <laughs> to meet us now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some yeah. good stuff. Uh, but uh, alas, it is it a is soundtrack not cannot save a film. It that can't. Is, but it is, it is. No, you're absolutely right. John Williams knows how to kind of he he knew how to key into the emotional moments yeah. and try to elevate those as right. best as he could. Because if there is one thing in this movie besides 
the 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 way that the film looks because mm-hmm. I can't even I have I agree with you the characters the CG characters they are still lacking feel, still feel gummy yeah they feel gummy but for the most part just the look of the movie isn't bad no it's not bad at all but the music yeah that music is still like you still get that feeling I mean we go to go to Duel of the Fates yeah you know that that theme song at the end when they're fighting Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. That's iconic. Dun, 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 That's, dun, dun, dun. I know it's iconic, and it's it's funny to think that it's only coming up on twenty years old. What was it? So ninety nine. Ninety nine. Okay, yeah. so yeah, yeah. So we're yeah. coming up on twenty Over years. Over fifteen. Um, and yeah, people people know it as well as they know some of the other themes. Of course, yeah. the, MTV played the hell out of it. To be fair, I, see, I wasn't watching MTV at that point. Oh, really? Uh, I remember that was the only place you could see like clips from the. Oh man, I was just consuming all things. Oh, Star uh, Wars! They Star did Wars. The, the South Park animated Star Wars trailer. <laughs> the only issue of Vanity Fair magazine I ever bought. Did you see the Speaking pictures of from which the, new, today, the new Vanity Fair? I did. Finally got. It. Oh, I'm a little disappointed gosh. that uh, Rilo, Rilo Kylie is what I was going to call him. <laughs> <laughs> you know the you, you the are female a pop star. You're such a hipster. What's it, what's his name? Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. There you go. Rilo Kylie. Which, if you rearrange, if you if you say Rilo Ken backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh wait, is it Kylo? Ren. Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren backwards is Nero Lick Luke. Nero uh. Luke. I I have gone way like tinfoil hat about yeah, this. In fact, I wrote I wrote Jason Cox about this. I was like, uh. so backwards, Kylo Ren is Nero Luke, and Nero is always associated with being a uh, you know kind of a, a, a descendant of Caesar, mm. of being a, an emperor in Greece, and L Y K could be pronounced as Luke. So, and then if you also rearrange the letters, you can get clone out of it. So Whoa, maybe, and I start like thinking, maybe they found like, because the lightsaber that's being handed <gasps> off in the trailer right. is the Empire Strikes Back lightsaber that he dropped with Cloud his City. hand. And so I'm thinking like, what if uh, a, a bounty hunter had like, had was there, a bounty hunter who was also tailing Han Solo mm-hmm. along with Boba Fett was there and was like, you know what? Might be onto something. The body of that of that Jedi who challenged the Sith Lord, that would go for a heavy price. Let Holy me see shit. if I can go recover it. And when he got down there, he didn't find the body, but there was a hand and the lightsaber. And what if someone cloned Luke Holy shit. with the hand, right? Oh, my God. So, you know, that's why, like it's got me all excited. Like, oh, my God, what if the villain in this movie Isn't... is Luke Skywalker? Yeah. Like, is a clone of Luke Skywalker? Interesting. Oh, yeah. I know it's probably not going to be it, but I'm like, wow. Kyle... Kylo Ren clone. Hmm. Yeah, so I was because Lucas was famous for doing that. If you like, yeah, his, oh, of course, his, the of names course. of his characters, well, Darth Vader. Yeah, if you rearrange stuff, yeah, there's Dark there's Father. different meanings. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. Well, and and maybe okay, so that would explain why maybe he's not. I was I was hoping when we finally saw his face uh-huh. in that in that outfit. He would have some sort of Darth Maul face tats or something going on, right. or something a little more interesting. But what would be more surprising if it was a face that we were already familiar with, and they went like Tron Legacy <gasps> on us? Oh my God, to the young, young, uh, a, a young Mark Hamill. This is suddenly become like the podcast where we just talk about what we want to see in the new Star Wars. I, when a year from now we're gonna have to listen to this episode yeah. and see how close we were. Yeah, not at all. Uh, okay, so getting back to Episode One. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that we have to do this. So we we take uh, we take Anakin to Coruscant, mm-hmm. and we've talked about all this that like he's going to be trained. <laughs> but uh, Joe, hey Joe, Coruscant, the whole planet is one big city. Did you know that? That makes no sense. No, it fucking makes no. That sense makes at all. zero sense. There is no way an entire Why? planet. <laughs> so you've basically you've you've mined it of all of its natural resources, right? And made an artificial. Well, and that goes back to what you were saying, and the point that I was also making earlier that you've basically. Uh, y- 
you've made this whole universe so claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Like everything is just a little a little microcosm within itself. It's not a big living breathing world. Mm-hmm. Like they even describe in in the books and the novels that Coruscant is mostly covered with like a metropolitan like a city. But they also explore like the deeper you go under into those buildings, like the closer you get to the surface, mm-hmm. obviously the more dangerous it gets. How fun would it have been to fucking explore Let's that? Let's see that. Yeah, not even in episode two, right? When they have not that even, big chase I mean, at the They beginning. even have the chase, and that's still up high. They just go to a, like a dangerous bar yeah. where a guy's selling death sticks. <laughs> really, that's as creative as we're going to get with death sticks. Uh, it's unob- unobtainium. Unobtainium. Uh, so they get to Coruscant, and like they just let fucking Anakin run all over the city with Jar Jar Binks. While like the Queen is in a committee with uh, with Chancellor, or uh, yeah, with yeah. Uh, with Senator Palpatine, oh, yeah. you've got Terrence fucking Stamp, I know. General Zod from Superman Two. This guy is a fucking amazing actor, in- insanely good, and he's wasted in this film. He never shows back up in this in this trilogy. No, I know. How do you introduce a guy? How can you have Terrence Stamp in a movie and he never does anything? Did the same thing with Christopher Lee in part two. Yeah. Well, Christopher Lee at least showed back up in episode three yeah, yeah. at the briefly, very beginning. Briefly, yeah. But at least Christopher Lee was kind of a more of a, a character with some with some more uh, bearing on the story. True. At least. Yeah. That, I mean, that's not happening at all here. No, so disappointing. I, I, yes, it, it's so upsetting that this guy, who's been a huge part of my childhood as General Fucking Zod, is just like you're in two scenes, and then we vote you out, and never see you again. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you remember when they brought up the trials of the Jedi? When when Qui Gon's like, I will take Anakin as my Padawan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and they're like, you already have an apprentice, uh, but yeah, but he's ready to be a, become a Jedi Knight. And he's like, yes, I am. I'm ready to take the trials. Wow, how interesting would it have been for us to see what the fucking trials what of the is, Jedi were? Yeah, because we just cut to Episode Two, and he's already. And we never see it. No, we never see what the trials are to earn the status of a Jedi Knight. What what is that? Because that at the end of this movie, Yoda's even like, defer on you the title of Jedi Knight. We do. Okay, why? Because you faced Darth Maul? Right. Because you defeated Darth Maul? Because you defeated Darth Maul in a way that you completely fucking negate in episode three, right. where you're all like, I have the high ground. It makes no sense. Don't do it, Anakin. And Anakin jumps, and you slice him up. But then when you he does jump, the he does same the thing. same exact thing I know. and somehow gets away with he it. He had every opportunity, uh, Darth Maul did, to, yeah. to, to take him out just then. Yeah. you. <laughs> I think we talked about this when we talked about the entire trilogy as a whole. Yeah, I know. What they did right with that with that first Star Wars trilogy was that Darth Vader was your villain throughout, but he was the redeemable villain. You had that like that puppet master in the shadows that we ended up learning more and more about mm-hmm. and then eventually met up with face to face in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But Darth Vader was kind of that imposing figure, that dark face on every movie poster. He was that villain that carried the story along. I felt like Darth Maul should have kind of been that. If you're making him, especially with all the posters, all the products, everything had Darth Maul's fucking face on it. He should have been that villain that kind of carried us through. That he was always the apprentice. Maybe he always got away. And they were investigating, kind of following his trail Mm -hmm. to get closer and closer to who the source was of the Phantom Menace. You know, of of who was pulling the, the, the strings. Instead, you got rid of a really cool villain. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- even though he he's not the Ray Park is not a great actor, and they ended up having no, an ADR like it's not someone even his over voice, him. Yeah, yeah, but he's so physically imposing. Mm-hmm. He's so amazing. That one shot 
when oh, Qui Gon's been killed and uh-huh. uh, you know Obi Wan's stuck behind that 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 force field or whatever, oh, and then it finally opens up and there's that one shot that's like twenty seconds long and they're just going nice wide shot. You get to see all the action and the choreography. It's it's even still it kind of gives me chills. It was really electric and I remember God. We haven't really talked about like our experience of seeing in this in the theaters. Uh huh. As horrible as this movie is, one of my top five movie going experiences. It was so. <laughs> it was it was an experience was, not watching the movie, no. like not the movie itself, but being around all of it. these people and leading up to it. And you know, I don't think I was ever that excited. You know, it, it was in my young adult life. I was never excited up until that point about going to see a movie and like standing in line and you know and and the experience. Man, we were we were running. I think it was for episode two. Mm-hmm. We were running a, a website. And we had decided to team up with theforce.net, oh. which was like it's built up of a whole bunch of fan communities. Yeah. And we ended up like doing a, a, a big thing where, where our website partnered up with these guys. And we did like a video game tournament and, and all. And we did like costume contests and gave away prizes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was so fun. It was an event. And even standing in line for the radio station, standing in line for episode one. Like that was that was amazing. It was a cool experience. It brought like, it felt like it brought me closer to other people that were interested right. in the same things, yeah. uh, and and it was it was a, a neat experience. Watching the movie was a completely different thing, but watching the movie in a theater full of people with lightsabers oh my God. and like you know cheering when the, when the deafening. fanfare started yes. that is awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Now we'll never get that that traditional fanfare ever again. Oh, but, I know yeah. because of Fox. Because yeah, yeah, because of the 20th Century Fox logo. In fact, if you buy the digital copies yep. now that they put out on iTunes, I saw that. they've changed it. Mm-hmm. It's it's changed. You don't get that 20th Century Fox fanfare. It it's this weird like Lucasfilm thing. Yeah, and then it goes into the Star Wars. It's too bit. bad. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, so no, it was a great experience. I agree with you on that. I'm sorry, I felt like I kind of derailed you. No, no, I was trying to think of other things. Oh, uh, but you were talking about yeah, killing off Darth Maul. I get it. I. I Yes, I felt the same way. It would have been nice, but from a story standpoint, like the whole reason Palpatine needs a new apprentice is because the one is killed off. So I get it. Like the whole reason. But he's he already grooming. has a, he already has another one anyway, though. He has Count Dooku. Well, I guess so. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. And then in the third one, you you start off with Dooku, and you've got General Grievous. It's always got to have somebody warming up on the bench, right? So it, it kind of feels like you could have had instead of these other two. Mm-hmm. And you know what? General Grievous could have been a Jedi who was seduced by the dark side, but not necessarily a Sith. But he was just seduced by the dark side, and so he was kind of doing things based out of greed. Hmm. I felt like it didn't all need to be directly directly connected to Palpatine. I felt like that was really a, a little bad... too obvious. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and convenient that he all all roads lead to him. Yes. Yeah. They, oh, you, <laughs> and this is something I mentioned about the episode too. But man, you want to talk about playing a long con? <laughs> like this is this is a thirty year uh, the plan building to take the over army. the universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's ten years right there that yeah. you've been building for ten years. Yeah. Um. But uh, I I feel like if you're really like a, a maniacal overlord who's who's dead set on taking over the entire universe and all of its inhabitants uh you don't wait around you're not as patient yeah you're just gonna indiscriminately kill and and uh make people fear your power uh-huh and and i kind of feel like the roots of building up his power base mm-hmm. is kind of weak <laughs> that they're like he sets up a blockade like he he convinces the trade federation and also is the trade federation um is it a organization and it just happens to have just one race involved, right? Or is the Trade Federation an actual race? Oh, interesting. Oh, I always thought it was like a, a more 
legal establishments. Because we, ne- we never see anything other yeah, than it's all those guys. The, the new gun ray race, like mm-hmm. whatever they are, those are the trade federation. Also, how do you blockade a planet from just one side? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. And huh? not a very good blockade because ships just seem to be able to fly through. Just yeah. Oh oh yeah. Just knock Easily. out a reactor. Yeah. Easily. Oh uh, here we go. We're gone. Mm-hmm. And like the, that the that the queen's ship like managed to get around. Like it it bypassed the blockade. Yeah. So your blockade's not really effective. Mm-hmm. What's the point? We got to think. In, you got to. <laughs> I have no idea. You got to think in three dimensions. That that's all I'm saying. You've got to think in yeah. three dimensions, and that's Kirk why. Learned that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Kirk in Wrath of Khan. Kirk did learn that. But I feel like I feel like even a menace like Unicron from the Transformers animated <laughs> movie was a far better uh, antagonist than these this Trade Federation thing. Yeah. Now granted the Trade Federation was the Phantom Menace. It was the everything was the Phantom Menace cuz I sat down and I was trying to figure out what, what was the, the Phantom, Phantom menace? menace? What was that thing that was supposed to throw people off? And it could have been anything in this movie. Yeah. It could have been Anything. It's Jar Jar Binks was the Phantom Menace. It could well. Jar Jar Binks is the one that, like in in the second movie, yep, gives power gives power to to the the Supreme Chancellor. Yeah. Uh, and so that's it too. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 thing is that you can't have one. What the fuck? Like, there's so much shit going on, and it's like you said, it's so it's so convoluted, and all all roads lead back to just Palpatine. Right. How can somebody pull so many strings? like Yes, that? I know. Yeah, he's in all places at all times. And, and, it, and it seems like such a weak buildup, you know, that, that George Lucas was just like, I just need this guy to be the ultimate evil. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to tell the origin story of Anakin, maybe we tell the story of, like, Palpatine, you know? I would have loved that. If that if, were episode we, one and we yeah. saw him with uh, his, what was the guy's name? Oh, like, oh. We, it's insinuated. Pl- Plagueis, Plagueis or there you whatever. Go. I can't remember what the name of it was. That would have been a great, like, little uh, flashback. Remember in that fourth Harry Potter? No, which Harry Potter movie was it? Where he's talking about the uh, the, the the Deathly Hollows? The, the probably right? in the Deathly Hollows. <laughs> 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 Part one, right? Where they they go into that animated sequence and we get the whole backstory about how all that shit was yeah, made. Yeah, be a nice little uh, little wouldn't short it, film, wouldn't it? You can even do it like animated like that. I just I feel like it's very important to know like what what is actually motivating. Right, Darth he's just Sidious. a bad guy. He's just evil. He just and why is he power. Darth Sidious? But then he's also Emperor Palpatine. Uh, yeah, I, I know. Uh, what's way what? too many? Yeah, there's so many names. names, and then there's also like you know, there, there's a name they pull out in the second movie, Sifo-Dyas, Sif- Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas, uh, yeah. which some people are like, well, if you rearrange the letters, it's Sidious. Okay, great, um, thanks. That's cool, I guess. But then they're <laughs> like, no, but that's not actually Darth Sidious. All right, then who the fuck? You know, why are you throwing all these names at us that we don't? We don't know, and we don't associate. Like, we know Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't the Trade Federation just be like, your highness, Emperor, e- Emperor Palpatine? Because I always got the idea that, like, not only was he Emperor Palpatine because he was the Emperor of the Empire, mm-hmm. but he was also, like, the Sith Lord. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So, Lord Palpatine. And not a politician. And, yeah, not a politician, but Lord Palpatine instead of Lord Sidious. And, and unless the Trade Federation, uh, we're trying to we're trying to reason that the Trade Federation did not know that Lord Sidious was also cha- uh, uh, Senator Palpatine. Are, are we trying uh, to go down that road that he was so well disguised under his hood? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, no, I don't think so because they have so many conversations about you know that, that about the Senate. Senate. How are you going to get I'll make it legal. I'll make it legal. Yeah. So they they obviously knew that he's somebody who could pull strings on the inside. That's a good point. 
The closer we got to the Jesus. end of this movie, yes. the more dialogue felt like it was written solely for the trailer. Oh my god, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, where it's like, you know, uh, soon we will have wipe them out all oh, of them. Yeah. Like that's like, everything at near the end of this movie was just like, uh, this will look good in the trailer. <laughs> this will be good in the trailer. Let's throw this in there. Uh, it, it, everything kind of after the midichlorian speech between Qui-Gon and Anakin right. in Coruscant mm-hmm. everything moves way too fast like you've spent so much time you've you've gone a snail's pace to build everything up and then after that moment where they talk about midichlorians and we're going back to Naboo and yeehaw <laughs> Uh, everything moves at like fucking breakneck speed. We're, okay, we're back on Naboo, and we talk to the Gungans, and they're totally cool with what's going on right, because yeah. because Amidala's apologized, and they're good with it now. And let's mount the attack. Mm-hmm. And then they, he does his hardest. He tries his hardest to replicate the multi battle from, thing Return, from of, the Return Jedi. of the Jedi. Yep, I know it. You got the land, you got the space battle, and then you got the the the, uh, the lightsaber, lightsaber battle going on between. Which again, like I said, in the skill skilled hands of a better director. I have no problem drawing parallels between films and, and running themes throughout movies. It's, it's great. It's, when it's done nicely, it's done well. Uh-huh. Um, so that was redundant. It's <laughs> all right. I've, had, I've, I've done I mean. that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done yeah. that, too. We need to wrap this up. The, the, uh, the lightsaber fight goes from the hangar. Do you remember this? Like, they start their lightsaber fight. They're in the hangar. Yep. And they go through a door, and suddenly they're in just a room. All of with, a sudden. They're in a level from a, fucking Mega Man. bottomless pit. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Well... Did that make any like when you look at that from an, an analytical standpoint? Does that make any sense? <laughs> Drawing up the blueprints for that, yeah, right? Not really. And and the, the there should you, be some security, by the way, or some guards to keep there, you from there, getting there out. There is some security, mm-hmm. and you pointed it out earlier when you were talking about the fight right before Qui Gon dies, and they've got the little shields right. and stuff. I thought that was ridiculous. Oh really? What were those shields oh, doing? Oh right, right, yeah. What were they're they? They're all like timed and yeah. staggered. Why, why were they doing? Why were they timed like that? Mm-hmm. What were the shields keeping in or out? Yes. And what were they protecting other than a big hole? That's a good point. Well, and they were just on time release for, for those no shields existed just to keep Obi Wan from, from getting to Qui Gon. Yeah. Like that's the only reason they existed, and that's horrible. That is that's horrible filmmaking. Yeah. That's horrible storytelling to have something like that just exist just to keep the characters apart. You have to make it make sense. Well, Had he thrown a little bit of like a, you know, every time the shields go up, there's like a blast that goes off or, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of a power surge. I'd have been totally cool with right. it. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. give it a reason to exist, I'm okay with it. But just to exist just for the fact of spreading, of making this last longer, yeah. <laughs> which I feel Jeff feels like right now. <laughs> His He's like, oh my God, this podcast is <laughs> taking so fucking long. It's almost real time along with episode one. You could listen to this. You start it after the line roars the third time. <laughs> it's alright I'm pretty much done with all my notes are yeah, pretty much done I, I, um, there's, I never noticed the voices in the soundtrack right before Qui-Gon dies when, uh, when Darth Maul stabs him there's like voices there's, there's oh, like that, chanting in the soundtrack yeah, 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 yeah never yeah. noticed it until oh, this time oh really interesting never noticed yeah, that it's subtle and that's something I enjoyed I, I have to admit, I kind of enjoyed that. I was like, wow. Sound design. Never noticed that. Which is amazing sound in this movie. Sound design is fantastic. I, I, we cannot close out this conversation mm-hmm. without talking about the sound design. I think it was Ben Burt. Is it Ben Burt who did the sound or did he did the, I thought the it was stop motion? G- Gary Rydstrom, isn't that That's the guy's name? That's probably it. The, the sound design in this movie is fucking amazing. If, if John Williams was the one thing that made it feel like, or, or, or half of the thing that made it feel like a Star Wars universe, this is the other half. Yeah. And it all kind of goes in with the, the oral experience, oral experience. Yes. Um, I rented that last weekend, by the way. The oral experience? That's right. Um, no, oral experience. Different <laughs> movie. Um, but uh, 
it was able to like, because some of the sounds are, are new. They're 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 new blasters and ships. All the engines all but, have their but own. But they still kind of harken back. But they to, feel like yeah. they belong in that universe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Nicely done. Uh huh. Do you have any other notes? I, I don't. We've don't? blown through okay. them all. Cool. 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 Uh, what did Episode One, The Phantom Menace, do right? Uh, I mean, we just touched on it again, but John Williams. And the music, and the sound design in general, but again, the only reason this movie feels like a Star Wars movie is because of those fanfares. And again, he didn't just rest on his laurels and rehash themes that he had. He he introduced some new themes. Yeah, and it's a great soundtrack. It's it is really good. If you've never seen the movie, don't buy the CD and read the titles. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's remember right. That? The CD said the like spoilers. The, the the funeral of Qui Gon or the death funeral. of Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, yeah. That uh, <laughs> so you're like fuck me. Oops, uh, okay, guess we know what happens there. I can't believe that made it through. I can't believe it. as secretive as it was. The guy uh, so got this new job, and my boss uh, actually worked on episode one, uh-huh. or n- not on the films, but uh, was designing some toys, gotcha. and some statuettes, and flew to China and, and was involved. And he was talking about just how secretive they were. They were building these life size 3D models of some of the characters without knowing what the characters look like. <laughs> like, they were given sketches and very generic. But and nothing, just nothing specific. Guess. No, no. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really feel like episode one uh, was the first time we really got spoilers. Like, when spoilers hit as like a, dude, no spoilers, no spoilers. I think it originated with episode one. You might be right. I ne- I don't remember that people caring about phrase. it until after episode one. That's a good point. Uh, and, and it's a shame, too, because... There's nothing in the Star Wars prequels that's like, oh, fuck, you know, that's amazing. I didn't see that coming. Right. Like, everybody knew what no was going to happen. No or anything, um, yeah. All right, so I agree with you. I think the, the music and sound design mm-hmm. are the absolute best things going on with this movie because it's not like, like, I'll, I'll say till I'm blue in the face, they did not adhere to the original formula of the, of the Star Wars trilogy where it was kind of a fairy tale in space. Mm-hmm. There was nothing about it. There was nothing about this movie especially that felt like a fairy tale that was going to be something, you know, something fun, a fun adventure we were about to go on. It was laborious. It was like a family trip in a fucking car. Uh, You're driving cross country. That's what this felt like. It did not feel like a a fun escape. But the thing that made it feel like, especially sitting there that first time watching it, the thing that that preserved that fantasy and and fairy tale feel was the soundtrack. It was the sound design. Those things that felt familiar. Because even though I saw like R2-D2, even though I saw C-3PO or, you know, heard the name Anakin Skywalker, while those things were... Technically familiar, mm-hmm. they felt like fucking strangers to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did this movie do wrong? Uh, the direction. Sorry, man. Uh, not even, not even the writing. I mean, the writing is awful. It's atrocious. It's, 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 it's almost absent. Um, but even given that, at least get some liveliness in your yeah. actors. Pull a pull a performance out of them. Get them excited right. about the scene. Uh huh. Um, I can almost. There's a whole other thing about what this movie did wrong as far as just the the visual style. Everything uh-huh. is so boring. Everything is a slow push in uh, or just locked down on sticks. There's yeah. no visual momentum aside not, from not the stuff scenes, that ILM is doing. Not in dialogue scenes. You know, no. the, your establishing shots are gorgeous. But sure, the, but uh, there's the, no the, artistry behind any of the, f- the filmmaking here. No, 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 and I agree with you on that. There is no artistry in the filmmaking. When it, It's almost like a, a step above Kevin Smith just setting yes. the fucking camera down. Because those pans and shit are all post-production. Of anyway. course, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, they're deciding in post how yeah. they're going to they're gonna move the camera. Um, I 
I can't give the writing a pass like you are. Mm-hmm. I think this the writing's fucking atrocious, and I think that's one of the problems I have. I think I would have been able to forgive a, a less dynamic-looking film mm-hmm. uh, if the writing was a little bit better. Sure. Uh, because I think about the first Star Wars movie, A New Hope, wasn't the best acted. No, no. Uh, and it didn't move along too well. It has some pacing issues, but it still captivates. Right. Because there was something about the characters, something about the... And it does fall on some of the directing, but the writing in this movie... You know, like we've said before, it was a good idea for a plot. Mm -hmm. It was a great idea for a plot. But George Lucas needed to bring somebody else in to doctor this script up. Punch it up. Punch it up. Bring in a Joss Whedon. Mm -hmm. And like, hey, punch this script up for me because I'm not quite getting it. But this, this trilogy, this movie, but also this trilogy represents the juggernaut that George Lucas had become without someone there to tell him no. Yeah. Uh, oh, it certainly wasn't going to be Rick McCallum. No, Rick McCallum, who's fucking That's sucking at his teeth. Fucking asshole. Yeah, George, everything you say, everything is right. That's mm-hmm. right, George. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think I just got... I think, honestly, I just kind of have to say what this movie did wrong was George Lucas. <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel yeah, like I can right. encapsulate it all with that. If we were to redo... Star yeah. Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. How would we do that, Joel? I have six. I've only re- I haven't recast any of the voices of the artificial characters, the CGI. I did six as well. Yeah, I okay. think we did the same ones. Um, do you, can we ping pong this one? Yeah, then? we could ping pong because it's it's all the human characters, yeah. probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to start with uh, Palpatine? Sure. Er, Ian McDermott. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ian McDermott. Ian McDermott. Matt Damon. <laughs> uh, but how about? Alan Rickman as the Emperor. Ooh, mm. I like that. I'm really kind of upset that I didn't think of oh, that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Can you imagine him? He's just got the cloak. He, he kind of feels like Snape anyway. Can he just be Can he just be Hans Gruber? Hans Gruber, there you go, <laughs> of, of the universe. Mr. Skywalker. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. That's I like fine. that. My Palpatine, I cast uh, Mark Strong, who was mm. one of the villains in John Carter. Uh, and he was also oh, yeah, yes, he the was bald guy, Sinestro in uh, the Green Lantern and movie. He was in Kingsman he, just he recently. Was in Kingsman recently. He was also in the uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the Imitation Game. Yes, yeah. yeah. He's oh man, amazing He's actor, a mean motherfucker. And the thing is, I kind of wanted to skew him a little younger. Yeah, that would have been nice. He yeah, should have been, I, I since did, this yeah. is like a, this spans a thirty year. I didn't want him to be an old man. Mm-hmm. I want him to actually be kind of a physically imposing force mm-hmm. when the time came. Yeah. He would have been great. He really would have been good. Good call. I, I, like I, I, like, I like yours too, man. Alan Rickman. Fuck, I'm so upset that I didn't think about him. <laughs> How about Captain Panaka? Captain. Oh, I didn't do Captain Panaka. Oh, you didn't? Okay, well, then that's that's our, uh, yeah, right? Uh, go uh, for it. You know, no, I'm trying to think. Well, now I'm trying to think of who you did that I didn't do. Hmm, interesting. Captain. Oh, you did the mother, didn't you? Uh, no. Oh, interesting. No. Well, whatever. My Captain Panaka will be played by Chiwetel Ejiofor. Love it. From 12 Years a Slave. And from Serenity. Also Serenity, yeah. Played the bounty He's hunter in Serenity. That. He yep. was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, who else do you have? I have uh, Queen Amidala. Okay. Uh, Emma Roberts, if we're going to stay in that same vein. She's a great little actress, right? Uh, yeah, she, yeah, Not yeah, the yeah. daughter. Not the daughter of Julia Roberts. She's the daughter of Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I kind of went along the same lines. She's mm-hmm. kind of in the same vein of uh, of Emma Roberts. I went with Amber Tamlin. Oh, I like her. Uh-huh. She's good. I like her, and and I kind of <laughs> like that. I like that she's not so like oversaturated. Mm-hmm. We're not oversaturated with her work. That's true. So I think I think that would be fun. Very nice. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna jump up to Anakin then. I guess. All right. Who who, who am I missing? Because I have you, Anakin, Obi Wan, and Qui Gon. You didn't cast, recast Darth Maul. No, I didn't. I did. Who's your Darth Maul? Killian Murphy. 
Uh, oh shit! Yeah, the scarecrow. Scarecrow. Oh, I, wa- I wanted I wanted Darth Maul to not be such a physical like force. Fucking crazy! I wanted yeah, I wanted him to be kind of a nutty Sith. Yes. And so yeah, I went with Killian. Oh, I love that dude. All right, so Anakin. Anakin. Um. All right, so in my version, he is going to be a little older. He's going to be a teenager. Uh-huh. Uh. And there was a movie that came out a couple years ago called was it two years ago? Yeah, maybe two years ago. Uh. Also with Harrison Ford called Ender's Game. A- Asa Butterfield, Asa Butterfield. Is that who you did That's too? That's who I did too. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> he's great because it's uh-huh. like, all right, you got to find somebody who can be a sympathetic character. Like he's got to be the good guy. Yeah. But then it, you have to see that dark to see part a little bit of that darkness in him. him. Also, yeah. And, and the kid has grown up. He he fits a little bit more. What I was talking about earlier about how Anakin should be in his teens and he should be yep. a cocky pilot, but mm-hmm. a little bit of a darkness. No, I mm-hmm. totally agree and, with and you. A, obviously, a quiet a little stillness. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, man. And, and I love that. Totally should have played up the uh, the uh, uh, love triangle yeah. with him and Obi-Wan. Uh, my Obi-Wan would have been, uh, can I jump right to it? Yeah. Obi-Wan, <sighs> Professor X, Professor Xavier, oh, James yeah, yeah, yeah. McAvoy. James McAvoy. The younger one. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good note because he's definitely got a little bit of that uh, er, that Alec, Alec Guinness, Guinness kind of feel yeah. to him. Got to find somebody I, British. I, I totally went the other way. Mm. Uh, I went with Michael Fassbender. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, that would have been great. I wanted him to be, again, a little bit more physical, but I kind of wanted there to be a little bit of a, you know, that this is a really good-looking dude, mm-hmm. and there's there's a possibility of, you know, your love interest maybe kind of falling Being for this cocky. guy a little bit. Actually, you know what? He is taller, too. Mm-hmm. He's a tall motherfucker, and that yes, he, is. he would have made a good Darth Vader. Yeah, so I think good it's call. funny that we, we, you went with Professor X, I went with Magneto. And you know what? I almost <laughs> recast the whole X-Men First Class cast in this. Oh, did you? Like, I would have done Rose Byrne, who was in this movie. Yes, yeah, she was. As, She's uh, one of the handmaidens. As Queen Amidala, since she was already there anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that just leaves Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon then, huh? Um, also need a, a, a stately uh, British guy, a little older, uh-huh. uh, a thespian with some some uh, good films under his belt. Yep. How about Daniel Day-Lewis? Love that. As Qui-Gon Jinn. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I went with Gary Oldman. Yes. Uh-huh. See, there you go. So I, no, We're on the same I, I think that they're there. kind of inter- they're interchangeable. A lot of these people yeah, are interchangeable. Yeah. Who's directing your version? Uh, speaking of Harry Potter, this is a guy who did the last four Harry Potter movies, some of the best ones too, and he knows how to do fantasy, uh, but still add that that gravitas to it, uh-huh. uh, and do some dark moments, and know when to be quiet, but then know when to lo- no be one to hold loud him. and boisterous. Yes, uh, David Yates is the director's name. Okay, all right. How about you? I went with Danny Boyle, and I think mm. I've said over and over and over again, I think in the past that if, in fact, when they were announcing making these new Star Wars yeah, movies, I, heard. I was like, man, I really wish Danny Boyle would get his hands on one because I loved what he did with Sunshine. Uh, mm-hmm. I love what he does with just characters in general. I think that that dude, that dude paints such a tapestry when it comes to character work. I would love to see what he could do with the Star Wars universe. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with this Steve Jobs movie too yeah. uh, that Aaron Sorkin well, and, wrote, and this movie Porno, which and is going the, to yeah. be the, the follow up to Train Spotting. Yeah, holy shit! I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know but either, but I'm going to watch it. It's got good people involved, and that's all I ask. Yeah. I just want talented artists, uh, and they're always going to come up with something good. That's right. All right. So if you Ooh. have any thoughts about recasting I'm on wounded. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, uh, if you have any opinions, things that we didn't touch on in like the two hours that we. <laughs> been talking about this movie uh you can go ahead and send your thoughts to us you can talk back to us on facebook just go to facebook the search bar uh type in the editing bay find the girl with the bleeding eyes that's us that's where you talk back to us and you can give us ideas for what what it is that you'd like us to watch and talk about in the future we've also got a website right joel sure do it is not the edit bay it's not the editing bay here we go again i'm fucking it again i'm just gonna give it up 
EditingBay.com. You can find out a little more about the show. We're going to be doing a refresh here coming up soon uh, and uh, be putting some, some, some fresh content on there. We've got like 100 episodes on the channel, <laughs> we're but on we're still sitting on 60. 60 or something like that. Uh, but don't go there for uh, to listen to the podcast. You go to our Facebook, you go to iTunes, and you can also follow our Twitter handle at... at the editing bay. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's where Joel will update what it is we're going to be watching next week. And sometimes I'll come along and fuck it up. <laughs> and he'll have to change it. Uh, if you uh, if you have the time, you're catching us on the podcast app, uh, please leave us a review and a rating. Now, I did this on the MVP podcast. also did this uh, on, uh, well, the Afternoon Delight episode you're going to hear next week. Mm. But I've had some uh, some comments about, like, Hey, where do we leave a review? I don't know how to do it. So I'm going to walk you through it really quick. And I know this podcast has already gone long, so just let me get through it. Um, So you go to your podcast app, and then you go ahead and hit search. Because you can't do it straight from your podcast or my podcast. You hit search, put in Next Wave Space Radio in the search bar. That's going to bring up all of our shows, not just the editing bay, but all of our shows. When you uh, click on the icon, that'll bring up that individual show. And then there's going to be three things that are down on, underneath it. It's going to be, I think, like episodes, rev, uh, rating or review or whatever, and then related podcasts. Click that middle one. That's review. Underneath that, that's where you can leave your five-star rating. We prefer the five-star rating. And then leave your review. That's how you've got to do it. I know it's so convoluted, but again, go to your search and then type in Next Wave Radio, find the editing bay, and all of the rest of the Next Wave Radio shows like My Comic Life Mm -hmm. and MVP and 8-Bit Gladiators. We would love your reviews and your ratings. Leave your rating there. Leave your review. Uh, That would really help us out now that we're trying. We've mentioned we're trying to do another live show where we feature uh, American Ninja 2, The Confrontation, but we don't want to pay out of pocket because that stuff is expensive, man. Uh, So, yeah, please leave your rating. And uh, if you can't get us on your podcasting app, if you have an Android device, you can find us and uh, and surf the entire iTunes library with your Podcast Republic and Podcast Addict apps. That's Podcast Republic and Podcast Addict. Oh my God, that's a mouthful. Jeez, this is so, a, this whole episode has been emotionally draining for me, right. Joe. I know, man. It's it's Star Wars. May the Fourth be with you. Uh, all right. So next week, yeah, back on track. Let's do it. So you want to do Willow? Yes. Yeah, so that was the the previously unannounced on the podcast, but then announced on Twitter, but then redacted, redacted, <laughs> and now announced again. So Willow next week, right here on the Editing Bay. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much. I'm Oof. so sorry we've gone so late. Yep. Joel, it was, it was a good time. Happen. It was yeah. so fun to do this. Can we never talk about this movie again? God, well, Let's just forget. We'll probably talk about it again because we're going to be talking about the other Star Wars movies <laughs> as we head <laughs> into December. I have more to say about them, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, they're more glaring really issues. more to say? <laughs> we've been talking for two hours. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're going to go ahead and cut this off. We will see you next week. Until then, may the fourth be with you. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.